Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. This week we got nunchucks in hand and we're on a revenge tour, taking out evil creeps lamppost to lamppost to kill an evil mob boss. We're topless in our kick-ass fest in this week's podcast, Adjust Your Tracking, where we're going on an adventure to watch a century of cinema decade by decade, year by year. I am one and a half of your host, Liam Delaney, and he is... Oliver Jones. And welcome to the show. And we've also got a guest with us this week. Uh, welcome to the show, Brandon. That's How me. How you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> just fine. Just That's fine. A, just fine. Uh, Currently. Currently, I'm sweating. That's what I'm doing. I'm the hottest man in the world. Like, yeah, I think we all are. I'm definitely sweating hardcore. Ooh. How have you found the last uh, three months then, Brandon? Pretty fun. <laughs> Why? Did something yeah. happen? Well, let me tell you, something did happen. Michael Keaton is playing Batman again. That's what's happening. Oh, God. What do you think? I? He's not playing Batman again, though, is he? He's just going to be like Bruce Wayne. Well, I've read various reports either say Guys, can we just, he's playing can we just Bruce stop? Wayne again or Batman again. Please so, stop. I mean, <laughs> I told you he was going to do this. <laughs> just, just don't. <laughs> but the thing is, though, what do you think of it, Liam? What do you think? I think it's fun. I don't really care. It's whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same, to be honest. Ollie, don't lie. You absolutely are losing your mind. I'm Honestly, I'm not, to be honest. Like, I don't I'm, I'm at the stage in life now where I'm very happy with three of the Batman films we've got. And I like the early ones as well. And I'm, I'm whatever we have now, if it's good, it's good. If it's crap, it's crap. I don't care, to be honest. Well, I feel like I've radicalized you against these films, finally. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not making Batman films. He's just going to pop in in the after credit scene, isn't he? And like be like, hi, I'm Batman. Welcome to the Justice League or something. Like... Uh, this ties in really nicely with your episode today, gents. Does it? Uh, because uh, Ollie should know that Bruce Lee was on a few episodes of Batman. Oh, well, that's where I was going to say he's okay. that was we'll get into it later on. But that was my introduction to Bruce Lee is watching the Batman TV show where he cameos as Kato in like that three episodes. It is. It is it, it's absolutely true. But I no, don't it can't think be true that, ever... that was Ollie's introduction to it was, Bruce Lee. That was, <laughs> oh, that's absolutely yeah, like of course in, it was. <laughs> in the 80s or 90s watching those shows, that was when I first saw Bruce Lee. I mean, I didn't know who he was at that time, but it was probably mine too without knowing. Oh, I don't know what mine was. I honestly think it was probably just culturally Bruce Lee being in everything, like cartoons and whatever, like Animaniacs or whatever. Bruce Lee was just always a character in shit. That's really. true, yeah. His poster was all over the place, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember watching the, uh, you know, the film Dragon. I watched that a lot as a kid. Oh yeah, I did too. Actually, and there was and there was a video game of it as well. I I, I, I quite enjoy that film. It's cheesy as fuck, but it's it is fun. I, I don't. I honestly it. barely remember it except yeah, for a couple I have of details. No real memory of it at all. They just kind of make his life like a kung fu film, don't they? Yeah. Like he's like a dishwasher, and all of a sudden he's fighting everybody who, <laughs> sure. who he works with and stuff like that. In the, Aren't in we all? Ways. Aren't we all? <laughs> just a normal day. There's almost so, there's always so many issues when you're a dishwasher for a restaurant. There's always so many mobs. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, when, well, I, I've worked for uh, in a restaurant, and I definitely wanted to punch people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Bruce Lee have that in common. What what did you do there? Were you like a busboy? I was I was a busboy in in New York City uh, in an Italian or no French whatever it was. I don't. know. It was a million years ago, guys. But it's a busboy cleaning tables. Yeah, you like bring the food out and you give yeah. people their water and stuff and uh, it, pretty much what Pete Davidson was doing in uh, King of it. Staten Island. I was just week. thinking I watched a film with a busboy and I was trying to think oh, what it was. There was one thing that. I got to mention last week. One of my favorite moments in that film. 
was when they like have to beat each other up for their tips and they've got the Hulk gloves. <laughs> the Fight Club, yeah. I tell you what, Brandon laughed at me for watching that. He's like, "What the fuck did you watch that for?" And I thought it was quite good. So yeah, so. I, I really like things Staten Island. I, I, I we we all look down on Staten Island. I won't watch anything called Staten Island <laughs> just because. That's... So explain explain to us then about Staten Island and why why is it like looked down upon or what's the it's a the it's a thing? it's a literal dumping ground south of Manhattan that's only good because there's a ferry you can get on to go there that's a nice ride but then you don't set foot on it you just go back just take the ferry back again <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah we we should clarify Brandon's talking to us from New Jersey right now I Actually. I'm not. <laughs> thankfully i'm not sure yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if yeah. you're in the right place or right I, don't, I don't know how i feel about that uh today currently because uh uh at least i'd be closer to the ocean in the heat which would that's be nice true. that would be nice <laughs> well you're in the heat now that's what i mean but like it could be this hot but i'd be close to the ocean so it's okay true true yeah, yeah. whereas here uh, yeah here it's just a concrete thing yeah, that's melting me it just sucks <laughs> Yeah. I sh- we should introduce Brandon a little bit, saying like, um, you know, no, he shouldn't. No, known him a long time. He's filmmaker, um, and um, I'm, can we bill you as martial arts expert for this? I think that's probably a mistake and an overstatement. <laughs> uh, if I'm honest, uh, def- definitely a fan of the genre for sure. Um, that's good. But yeah, but you have made your own martial art film. I did. I did make a martial arts uh, short film, which was loads of fun. Yeah. Uh, Check which, it out, Streets of Myth. Streets yeah, of I don't know if yeah. you've still got the website or whatever. But uh, I'm not. I don't know actually. I'll laugh if you're still paying for it. I'm, I, let's find out. To be honest, it's I, very easy to keep just paying for websites. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I might be. If not, you can. Uh, I'm probably not actually. Uh, if not, you can find it on YouTube and whatnot. Yeah. Oh no, it's definitely still. It's definitely still online. Look at that. I completely forgot. <laughs> There you go. So why don't you tell <laughs> us a little bit com. about Streets of Myth then? Give us the little, give us the elevator pitch. Oh, uh, God. Um, okay. Uh, I wanted it to be uh, like an old school wuxia film, which is not what Bruce Lee was doing at all. Yeah. Uh, set in a modern I, I urban environment. Uh, so initially I wanted to do it in New York City, which is where I was living at the time uh, when I came up with the idea. Um, and then I moved to Birmingham and, and figured might as well do it at some point in my life and did a little proof of concept kind of short film, uh, that was sort of in that, in that style. So, um, more, less realistic martial arts, I guess, on purpose, Mm. uh, more highly stylized, more melodramatic, uh, action wise kind of classical filmmaking where you bring the camera back and put it on a tripod and just watch kind of the weapons fly kind of thing, um, which is more reminiscent of uh, uh, King Hu, who made films at the, around the same time as this, uh, rather than rather than the Bruce Lee movies. But if it wasn't for Bruce Lee, uh, I probably never would have gotten into the genre in the first place. So Totally. Yeah. Like him and Jackie Chan are definitely like your entry points, aren't they? For, for me, it was actually Jackie Chan 100%. Um, but well, maybe we'll get to this. As we go, the more I think about it, the more like Jackie Chan probably doesn't happen if not for for oh, Bruce yeah, Lee. Uh, and yeah, so there's this whole like domino effect after the popularity of, of this and, and the other four films he's in, Bruce Lee, which includes Jackie Chan becoming a huge star and yeah. then includes him doing those sort of like crossover semi-English language movies in the 90s. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was people, I'm, I'm 39, so people around my age 
largely that's our introduction to uh, to Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and definitely. so, personally, uh, quick aside, uh, I remember very specifically like watching TV, and for some reason, I think it was MTV showed a pretty large portion of the ladder fight from First Strike, Jackie Chan's okay, First Strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my, I remember the moment very vividly because I felt like my brain was leaking out of my ears. Like I just couldn't believe <laughs> what, what I was this? seeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from that moment, just wanted to like know everything, see all of them, know what was going on, what is this all about, and went on a Jackie Chan rampage for the next few years. And that then well, obviously led back to Bruce Lee and the rest of the rest of the various uh, lovely jewels of that of that genre and industry. It's- it's amazing how you can go down those rabbit holes. Like you just hear like a song for a band, and then all of a sudden you're listening to their whole discography. And yeah. Or there are the bands that are associated with them, and then the same like with movies, you see one little trailer or a clip, and then you just like you're in straight away. Yeah, that was like, it. And then I want to consume down it the rabbit hole and, and now. Yeah, yeah, going for yeah, everything. You shout can. out, shout out to my friend Marshall at the time, who also got into the Jackie Chan films with me, and somehow managed. I don't even know where he got him. Managed to get VHSs of various pretty sure. obscure films. Um, oh man vhs's of jackie chan were going yeah. around my school quite rampantly yeah definitely. for sure see i used to watch these films with um our friend tom i used to go into his house a lot and he would have just collections and collections of these like chinese martial arts films and yeah, i would never like know what city we were hunter watching. and yeah con is it con no con no what am i trying to think of? i can't remember names operation know... condor or something operation oh, yeah, condor sure. is dope yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 just shit like that man it was good stuff yeah, I'll just sit there eating raw meringue, watching kung fu movies. It was good times. <laughs> okay, that's oh, that's 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 a way to do it. <laughs> well, we were like twelve or thirteen, just hop top on sugar. So nice, you know, hop top on sugar and Jackie Chan's kicking ass. Yeah, which one? Of you, which one of you tried to like? I don't know, like jump out of the window into a bush or whatever. Oh, Tom oh, actually God. jumped off his um, settee once and whacked his head off his like not a chandelier but his like yes light fitting and like pretty much knocked himself out that was hell cool. yeah hell yeah that's a good young child like teenage injury that's a good one yeah <laughs> jumping off a garage into a hedge that's a good one everyone should have done that once i think yeah that's like the that's the legacy of jackie chan is injuring teenagers everywhere i was just trying to remember which film of jackie chan was it that he jumps into an arcade machine and he becomes street fighter it was I city it's hunter quite... i think oh uh, the, the street fighter one i thought I it was project a hunter I don't... It becomes Chun-Li, doesn't he? Yeah, it becomes yeah. Chun-Li. I've seen that bit, but I don't think I've actually ever watched that entire film that it's from. It's the best uh, Chun, uh, best Street Fighter live action, I think. Oh, for sure. So yeah, that's ever been yeah. filmed. I agree completely. That film kind of... You know like how... We'll get to it later on, but you know how this film's got... The one we're going to talk about today has got like a... You've got, got the big bad Russian dude. Oh, yeah. Like, I found that as a trope in a lot of mm. Kung Fu films that I've seen. They always have, like, a big white dude. That yeah. Is, yeah. Like, There's a good reason like, for that. Is that? Well, you can tell me. I don't know. Well, we'll get into the <laughs> politics of Kung Fu later, I guess. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. briefly. For sure. That is, that is a trope, I agree. But before we, get, we move on, Ollie, how, um, have you watched anything this week you want to talk about? Uh, I, I actually haven't. Last week, I promised I was going to start my Bondathon. But oh, yeah, God. you did, yeah. But Last of Us 2 came out, so I've uh, kind of uh, just been engrossed by Last of Us 2, okay. to be honest. And it's really good, to be fair. Uh, I won't say anything, because if you spoil video games these days, people will lynch you. Yeah, don't. Is there, uh, is so. there, like a, is there a plot? Yeah, it's very it's it's very plot-heavy, those games. To okay. be honest, you're probably watching most of it than you are actually playing it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of, like, online games and stuff like that. I prefer, like, just 
playing by yourself in oh, a dark room. I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> that <honest>. sounds weird. <laughs> it doesn't sound weird, Ollie. Just live your truth. Just be yourself. It's okay. Um, uh, no, I prefer like single player games. Yeah. Yeah. In dark you like the story stuff, and yeah. you like immersing yourself in that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I like a mix of both, frankly. I don't know why I never got into that because, like, Liam, you're into like your MMOs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I play a ton of Overwatch. That's what I do a lot. I don't know why I just never got into stuff like that. Which is weird because, like, we generally have like a, a shared. The things we like are quite similar, but for some reason, I just never, I never got into. If I'm gonna, that. if I'm gonna sit home alone and watch a story play out, it's gonna be a movie every time, not a video game. Oh, for, yeah, for me personally, for me personally, I think yeah, I think I'm the same. Yeah. I've I've kind of I'm kind of done with TV. To be honest, I I find it so hard to watch TV shows now. It's it. I was out of nowhere. No, it's like you were talking about like. You'd rather watch a film than play a video game. Oh, sure. I'd rather watch a film over watching TV or a video oh, game. Oh, I would to too. It's actually the investment that I don't don't like. Like, I can happily yeah. invest like three hours into a film. They're yeah, not yeah. normally three hours, but, you know, I can do that. But I don't want to invest like 17 hours into a TV show yeah. when it's probably not going to end. It's weird because I usually can't, uh, unlike the two of you, I have a kid, so I can't really watch anything oh. at all until like 9.30 or 10 p.m. Uh, at which right so at that point as much as i'd rather watch a feature film i'm like can i actually stay up till midnight tonight am i I gonna be able to do that i guess i'll just watch another episode of whatever until Uh, you do i actually still are up at midnight anyway but sometimes sometimes yeah Yeah, it depends but yes sadly i didn't watch any of the films i could tell you a lot of youtube videos i've watched of toy reviews but uh, i won't bore you with those so what have you watched liam well i was gonna say i watched falling down because uh obviously joel schumacher died this week um which was only a couple of days ago actually i think it was which is real sad because we just covered him on the podcast um i know like i think every i thought you guys were only talking about films you hadn't seen before uh we did a couple of special episodes for the 90s so we just covered batman forever oh cool Uh, and um, so we talked a little bit about Schumacher in that, not heavily about Schumacher really, but um, yeah. it's um, we. I know you definitely mentioned that he was an older man, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't realize he was like eighty. I mean, obviously at that time I didn't realize until we did the podcast. Didn't realize he was eighty. No, and um, he leaves a certain amount of legacy behind him, Schumacher. I think we said at the time he was a bit of a kind of um, I don't how how did you word it like workman director. But I thought I'd watch Falling Down again because it's, for me, one of his most iconic films, really. Um, i got to say, I didn't actually have a great time with it. But I, I, I haven't seen it in about 20 years, probably. I don't know. I've heard it doesn't hold up super well. I don't think it really holds up that well. And it kind of, it to me, it was it's kind of glorifying a kind of white attitude that's really not attractive in people. So, like, it was not the best to watch, if I'm honest. But I forgot Robert Duvall was in it, and I really liked Robert Duvall in it. So, that was positive. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Bobby Duvall. I read an interesting Bobby interview, D. though, with uh, Joel Schumacher the other day. Oh, yeah. Obviously, he did, you know, uh, before he died. But apparently, he had sex with 20,000 men, which I think is incredible. That right. means he's had sex with one a guy per year for, like, over 50 years. That is incredible. What you said twenty? You said twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. That's his claim. That's, that's not, not possible. physically possible. Yeah, that's, that's what not... he says. Now, who's saying. the other guy who said the same thing? And um, Warren Beatty, maybe. Well, 
Was it uh, Will, Ch- Will, Will Chamberlain? Somebody, yeah, somebody. Made, and I remember a stand-up comic doing a bit like, you'd have to be like scrambling your eggs while you're doing it at the same time every morning. Like it's impossible <laughs> that that happens. Impossible. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do anything else. Right, ever. yeah. You'd have to be an amazing multitasker. Yeah. I think it's fair to say, though, that Joel Schumacher enjoyed his life and had a very good time. Yeah, I, I, that part I can 100% agree with. Yeah. Apparently, like, the filmmaking side of his career was like a second part of his career. He didn't start directing until like his mid-40s or something. Like Before yeah. that, he was in costume and hair design, wasn't he, for films? Yeah, and he, yeah, he for was. For many, yeah. many years. Did not know. So, yeah. yeah. Well done, Joel. Well done, yeah. Joel. Well done. R.I.P. 20,000 men. <laughs> you had 10, 000, 20, 000, I only did half as well personally half as well <laughs> so I feel pretty pathetic now Wait, you still got some time to make yeah it that's a good it. that's a good point that's a good point trying to think of the logistics of making maths out of this but maybe we should move on have you watched anything Brandon this have week? I watched um, I don't think I did I watched half of uh, uh, so like I said I don't start anything until late at night so I only got halfway through a movie called The Bigamist which was from the 50s Oh, cool. Directed oh. by Ida Lupino. Oh, cool. Um, and it was really good. And I was really enjoying it. I can't wait to see what happens. I have a feeling that the guy's marriage isn't going to go very well. Because uh, <laughs> the title. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, the title's literal. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure. Joan Fontaine's in it. She's great. I always forget how great she was. Oh, lovely. And yeah. Ida Lupino is someone I don't know anything about. She was directing uh, in the 50s in Hollywood, which she's pretty much alone in that yeah yeah uh which is pretty cool um and i'm always a fan of uh, watching films from people who are uh underrepresented or you know have a different point of view from the majority of people making films at the time absolutely yeah Uh, it's pretty fascinating because it is a fairly standard uh hollywood kind of melodrama of the early 50s but just that kind of her point of view is ever so slightly different Uh, yeah it will give Uh, her a different kind of feel to it yeah which is pretty fascinating um, I'm sure I watched something else, but I couldn't tell you what it is off the top of my head. Awesome. I, I feel like I want to check that out, actually. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's on uh, Mubi, M-U-B-I, which I, oh, I get yeah. for free because I teach, which is nice. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, so basically, I've been, doing, I've been doing nothing but watching Mubi for the last three months or whatever because they, they gave it away for free to uni university lecturers. Huh. So that's been great. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, there are some perks to being a teacher. Definitely. That's like... that one and Adobe software. Yeah, for free, free Adobe. <laughs> those are the two. Those I, are the two. I miss, ones. <laughs> yeah. I miss that. I used to get it. I st- I still get it at a nice discount, but I don't get it for free anymore, which was super nice. Those think. are the two main perks: is movie. But and to be fair, Adobe. even at half price, it's it's. I think you get your money, your value. Oh, for sure, money. for sure. It's just it's a little perk of the job. Compared to like say like um, Red Giant, like I was looking into getting a few of those the other day, and then it was like. That'll be one thousand pounds for a year's license. I'm like, what? No, 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 get out of here with that. I only bought those for the counterfeit video, actually. I think. Oh, okay. I oh, think yeah, I yeah. used I used Mirror for the for the environments, and particular for some nonsense smoke or spark. I don't remember. I have no idea what's going on. So this is a music video that me and Brandon <laughs> directed together. For a band called Counterfeit, and the lead singer guitarist of Counterfeit is what's his name? Jamie something Campbell. Something. Anyway, he he plays young Grindelwald in the Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beast movies. Oh, okay. okay. And he's yeah. been in some other stuff, hasn't he? He was also in briefly in one of the actual Harry Potter movies. 
which is yeah, yeah, yeah. super funny because when we were pitching the idea to them over Skype, uh, Ollie was trying to reference something visual from one of the Harry Potter films. Uh, and he goes, I don't know if you guys have seen the, you know, Harry Potter four or five or six or some nonsense. And it could be that we could do these shots that are like this from that movie. That would be cool. Right. Uh, and uh, to be fair to Jamie, he didn't say anything. It was the, the movie time. he was in. <laughs> yeah, it was the movie he was in. <laughs> I didn't know. No, I didn't um, either. You might have um, seen this little film. The, the, the video in. kind of centers on this. It's a, I don't know what the plot was really. This witch is like chasing down these the band who are in like a, a like what what era is it? Like a sixties kind of. It was car? a ninth. Oh god, I don't remember the car. I think it was like sixty seven or eight. The car. Yeah, and he's, she's like chasing them down with like bats and monsters and stuff like that. It's all right. Check it out. You it's made this. Car- yeah, we both made. Okay. It's called. Car- but you have like- no idea what the plot was or what's in it. I can't remember. It was a long time. <laughs> the ago. plot. The plot was there's there's a band, and then there's a witch, and then there's a car, and it looks yeah. pretty cool. It looks cool. The car it's was got nice cool. music over it. Yeah, it's got some fun rock rock tunes. It's got some cool images. That is the plot. That's what you need. Yeah, so. that's all you need. <laughs> But yeah, it's quite nerve-wracking though when you've got like an actor though who's been in some big productions. I think he was the original Alex Ryder as well, which is like a film character. He's been in quite like... a few like young adult fiction, science fiction. He was in I don't remember. I can't remember which ones which of those things cuz I don't I haven't watched any of them. I, maybe like Mortal Engines or Bones of whatever the hell, I don't know. He's <laughs> in like he's in the a one lot. with the maze, Maze Hunter. That's one of the maze ones. I don't yeah. know. But like but like he's been on these massive productions, and there's us in this little rinky dink studio <laughs> in uh, Leicester, and I'm trying to put, I'm trying to like do my best to like apply blood wounds and bullet holes on the faces and shit like that, and yeah, I thought That's it was I thought it was pretty great. Like if it, it's it's intimidating for a second, but he never much like the fact that he didn't say anything about like yes of course i've seen it you idiot i was in it he never did that and he never <laughs> no, to be fair, at any point yeah he was really chilled out at no point did he try and like pull some diva crap where i like sure. oh, i've been in big production he never did that at all uh, and to be fair in the meeting when we were talking to them like they were like what's what's the what's the label said the budget was and they, we said something like oh three grand he goes i'll tell you what we'll double it and we're like wait oh, nice. <laughs> yeah yeah oh. so it was pretty cool and they were uh all of them were pretty much up for any direction that we gave including the actor guy and i don't know about you all but my experience was directing uh jamie was great because you don't really have to do anything because he's oh yeah he knows he knows yeah him. he's just such a natural on camera and he's been around the block so you know, you you go like pretend like there's a giant bat on the roof of the car, and he's a hundred percent in. He's there. Yeah. Then yeah, you don't have to say anything else. He's you know completely doing it, uh, which I, I, I could never the, do. I felt sorry for the drummer or whatever. We have to shove the white contact lens in his eyes and then the blood pills in his mouth and stuff. Oh, that uh, I think that's I think that's the other guitar player. Oh, Tristan, that's Tristan, that's Tristan. Right, but they love yeah. it, don't they? They yeah, seem they, they seem to enjoy themselves. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> to ask them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the studio where we filmed it, the guy makes his own films in this like little studio, like feature films, and it, he'll make those films that are called like Triassic Park and stuff like that, and they're like horror films, <laughs> okay. and, like, really bad CGI dinosaurs. But they get like proper like distribution yeah. deals, so you go to Sainsbury's and you'll see it there, and and a hundred percent porn as well for sure. Yeah. Oh, does he? <laughs> I mean, there was a set in the back that absolutely was that for sure. 
I know the DP that we had, uh, director of photography. He said uh, last week when we shot, he was like, "Yeah, last week I shot a porno. It just stunk. We all had to have these like salt things that we could put over our noses that could like hide the scent." Uh, <laughs> yeah, Will sounded great. so rough. Will, talented kid. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good yeah. guy. Shout out to the people we work with. All <laughs> everybody, just because I'm going to forget people and. Yeah, it's just what the indie movie scene's kind of like, isn't it, in this country, mm. the amount of people you work with and cross paths all the time. Mm. Cool beans. Cool Should beans. we talk about the film that we watched? Okay, so we're up in our mini-series adventure, we're up to 1972 now, and um, kind of, what are you guys' opinions on film in 1972 first? Because there's some pretty damn big films that come out this year, for me, anyway. You're going to have to tell me what any of them are, because I, I didn't research this part at all. Well, By far guess... the biggest film of the year is the godfather oh, yeah, 100%. oh okay i've never heard of that little film you may have heard of it's <laughs> yeah just... that's a good that's a pretty good movie for those of you out there that haven't yeah. seen it recommend i actually watched, I re-watched that yeah. fairly recently actually and it's so it's just like i forgot how long the wedding sequence is at the beginning yeah. it's about 40 minutes long is it really it, you just yeah you like introduced to every single character in the film in that sequence though it's pretty brilliant it's, it, it's, so yeah, it's like 40 yeah minutes. hot take i watched godfather yesterday and it's a good film Oh, you watched it yesterday. That is a really hot take. <laughs> I Occasionally, I like watching stuff that's like considered canon or, you know, classics with, um, for example, my wife who doesn't, you know, likes movies, but isn't as, as into it as I am. And she'll go, man, this is really good. Uh, you know, and you'll be like, oh, wow, hot take. Well done. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I wonder Funny if, enough, um, good film. If, if Marlon Brando is meant to be difficult on that set or what, I wonder what the crack was with him on that one. I'd be, he's, this is kind of funny to say i was gonna bring up brando at some point anyway he's very good in godfather it's like i'm so used to him being parodied doing that and people taking the piss but that's a proper good movie watching it he's properly in and he's properly committed and that's such a good like full-bodied like everything performance about yeah it was that's fantastic it's like al pacino he's so kind of toned down in that oh he's amazing yeah yeah. he's so good and even um james khan is brilliant as well uncle james is fantastic yeah Bobby Duval is in it as well. Bobby Duval again. <laughs> Bobby Duval does not look like Bobby Duval in it though. Do no, <laughs> does not at all. But to be honest, I haven't seen that in probably twenty years. Yeah, so I can couldn't tell you. I've got I've got something to admit. I've never seen the third one. I don't. I haven't either. I haven't never either. Gone, no. Yeah, I should, should watch that it. makes all three of us. I've seen the. I've second definitely one, seen, Yeah, I've definitely seen the first two because it's like yeah. you have to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, when to, we get yeah. back to the nineties, Liam, when we we've done a hundred plus episodes, we'll do Godfather Part Three. We'll do Godfather Part Three, great. Yeah. And Brandon will be on. No, please no. <laughs> I, late late career Franny Francis Coppola doesn't not super worried about it. And once he's unlike Martin Scorsese, once he stopped doing cocaine, he couldn't make movies anymore, really. Late career, thirty <laughs> odd years ago. Are you telling me you're telling me Jack isn't isn't a classic? Uh, Jack Jack is pretty solid. <laughs> I forgot he directed that man. Oh it's the weirdest thing. I don't think I've you've ever got, seen that either, actually. You've got but, him and Bill Cosby in a... Robin Williams and Bill Cosby in a... Oh, boy. In a, a treehouse, and they okay. keep farting into a biscuit tin. Stop saying this. What? Is that... <laughs> they like, fart yeah. into a biscuit tin, so can they can't I, even can leave you the stop? Farts. I don't want to hear anything about any of this anymore. <laughs> Thank uh, you. For late, late period. I'm taking my headphones off, and I'm walking away. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, late period Coppola was stand-up for um, Dracula. Right? Oh, yeah, Dracula's wicked. So. But everything else, yeah, the production can go to hell. design on that is, is oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But after that, uh, Sophia rips them apart for sure. Yeah, and I love yeah. Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Opera, so, yeah. 
What's he done? What's his? He did a lot of he did a lot of experimental. I haven't seen any of them, frankly. But um, in the two thousands and twenty tens, he did. Uh, I can't remember the names of any of them. There's one in like in black and white with people getting electrocuted and shit. What's that called? God, what is that called? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, though? Yeah, I want to um, say Brown Bunny guy's in it, isn't he? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Vincent Dino- No, Vincent Cassini. Gallo. Gallo, that's Vincent Gallo. I, yeah, I could be wrong. Honestly, he did like three, two or three, maybe I even four miss- films. That had like live soundtracks or were interactive yeah, well, yeah, or did. had all types of weird crap going on, which is interesting, was, but none of them so, apparently very good. So his last ones were Youth Without Youth, That's Tetro. It. Tetro was what I was thinking of. Tetro. Distant yeah. Vision. And he's got one coming out this year called Megalopolis. Megalop- okay. But- he did a uh, Val Kilmer film with Bruce Dern in it as well. Um, about a period piece. Twixt or something. Wow, I think but, I know what you mean. Was Bruce I, Lee in that one too, or? Yeah, that was the last Bruce Lee film. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Can you imagine a Francis Ford Coppola Bruce Lee combo? Oh, it would have been wonderful in the seventies. I, I, I don't think it would have worked oh. at all, but it would have been pretty interesting. <laughs> we were definitely robbed of a lot of Bruce Lee. Yeah, we'll get to that. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So other films that came out this year, you got Deliverance. You did. Never seen yeah, it. Yeah. Never seen it. Yeah. Really, uh, I'm surprised no. you haven't seen that. Yeah, I'm Deliverance surprised too. It's it's on. It's you know one of those films that I keep saying I should probably watch that. Yeah, and get around to. I'm a big fan of Deliverance actually. I don't know if it would. It's one of those. I'm a big fan of it, but I haven't seen it in so long that I'm not sure, sure. if it would hold up. But, I'll give it a try. But yeah. you've, you've got that great little Julian banjos. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even just like the kind of the. I, don't, I doubt it's the first film to do this in the absolute slightest, but the kind of uh, the fearfulness of the Southern American states, that rural kind of weird and stuff like that. That's definitely a, a feeling in that and that probably persists on. you got Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that coming out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Southern Comfort. I've seen that. That came out after that, didn't it? It did come out after, yeah, yeah. Or like way Same after that, like 10 years yeah. easily. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing in my head. I confuse those two films. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's understandable. Yeah. Is it Last House on the Left is also this year as well? Yes, yeah. What the hell is that? It's a horror film. Where, where's Craven's first horror film? I, I remember it being great. It's one of those uh, controversial early horror films, but it's Wes Craven. He knows what he's Hold doing. On. And I think oh, a gang of views, sure. like, con- like, I think a gang of views grab a teenage girl or two teenage girls um, and kind of torture them. And then someone comes to save them. I think. Oh, that sounds great. Sounds super fun. Can't yeah, it's super nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm opening up. But you also oh, got, um... oh oh wait hold on guys you're not you're not coming with the heat. The the first two movies to talk about are Solaris and Aguirre the Wrath of God. Yeah, I was I was going to get to Solaris. I've never seen Aguirre. Oh, it's like. wicked! It's so I great. Really it's definitely it. definitely well between those two and The Godfather, it's hard to say which one I like the most. If I'm honest. Oh really? Yeah, th- those are those are ten out of ten classic films. I would say that it was it was my alternative for this year if we hadn't done Bruce Lee. I would I did want to cover that film. So I'm, I'm a, watch I'm it, a big Herzog fanatic. Yeah, I've only seen uh, I've mainly seen his docs, but I do. Um, Fitzcarraldo is the only film of his I've seen. That's great too. Uh, Aguirre and Fitzcarraldo are the most similar. Like they're fairly similar to one another. Yeah, sure. Uh, I liked Aguirre more in my mind, but it's another one I saw a long time ago, so I can't. Yeah. I'd have to. I, I don't know, but they are pretty similar. I actually recently, you know, something I did see recently uh, from this year is En Flic, which means a cop uh, from uh, France, obviously, um, by Jean-Pierre Melville, starring 
uh, Alain Delon, which I didn't think was good at all. I thought it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it had it had it had the most hilariously bad. Um, the first like ten minutes are amazing, incredible. Uh, but then it, in the middle of the film, it has this like big high scene, which was like what happens in French uh, crime films at, at the time. Sure. And this guy was great, great at it. Um, and the middle of that scene's great, but the setup is like a helicopter has to fly over a train. It's a lot like Mission Impossible or something. And it's a cool idea, but they could they just could not do it technically in France at that time. And so they are literally playing with toys on screen. Oh my and, god. And playing it off as real. And like I was falling out of my couch laughing my ass off. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> so recommend you people track that down. It's a yeah, pretty totally. incredible incredible bit of cinema. And you got five things of death. Did that come out this year? Apparently a, it did, yeah. That's a great one. We also have two Lone Wolf and Cub films. Wow, two. Yeah. The, in the 70, early 70s is basically sets the stage for every other martial arts film you've ever seen, essentially, is what I've learned in my research this week. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, to, before we move on to talk martial arts, actually, because this year is also um, landmark in kind of um, queer cinema because Pink Flamingos comes out this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, far, kind of. Um, you know, I haven't seen John that Waters either, actually. Um, it's not an easy watch. No, <laughs> I can't I ever recommend Pink Flamingos. But, I remember know, watching it when I was it quite exists. young because I saw an image from it. I was like, I kind of want to see this film. And I remember yeah, watching yeah, yeah. it. I was like, what did I just watch? <laughs> what did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I am a fan of John Waters' films, so I do, I do enjoy his I love Serial Mom. I love Pekka. Um, I love Cry Baby. I've never seen. I think we're the only people in the world who likes Pekka. I know. I, th- I think I am. Yeah, oh, we are. I've, yeah. I don't think I've but, seen one John Waters movie actually, which is ridiculous. But it's crazy. there you go. That he hasn't crazy. done any. He hasn't done anything since the Dirty Shame. I don't think, which was almost like fifteen, sixteen years ago. Yeah. What's it, Cecil B. Demented was before Dirty Shame, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably so a lot of Woody Allen films this year. More than one. How did he do that? I, Woody Allen. I don't want to talk about Woody Allen. I can't. I can't stand him. But I'm just. <laughs> I'm just going through what happened in 1972. There's I, like. I guess like it's like Bruce Lee did all of his films in the space of like two year, years. Didn't yeah, yeah, two years. Well, we're gonna get to. Um, I did. I did some deep research on uh, uh, kung fu movies from this time period just because I was trying to remind myself uh, as to the environment that Bruce Lee was coming into. Uh, well, let's, um, yeah, so this week we're covering um, uh, Fist of Fury from 1972. It's not directed by Bruce Lee. It was, it was directed by, what's his name? Low Wei. Low Wei, I think, who directed yeah. The Big Boss first. But yeah, let's uh, drop that trailer. He's unstoppable. Unbeatable. Unbelievable. He's Bruce Lee. The master of karate, kung fu, delivering that Chinese connection. Bruce Lee, the oriental superstar who exploded across the screens of America in the phenomenally successful Fists of Fury, is back to defend the honor of his nation and the love of his woman. Using his furious fists and superhuman strength, he breaks them up, smashes them down, and kicks them apart. Bruce Lee, the karate kung fu king, delivers the death blow of the Chinese connection. It felt really silly to kind of do a 1970s series and not do Bruce Lee, who 
is just iconically in those four years, really, at the start of this year, just the biggest movie star in the world, really. Um, and Makes sense. And still is, I don't know, still is an absolute icon. You're going, going beyond who Bruce Lee was. So, um, you know, before we talk about Bruce Lee, I, what do you think about Bruce Lee as, as a character? How well do you know him? I'm, I really have only ever seen Enter the Dragon was the only thing I've ever seen about Bruce Lee, but I think we said it before, I know him as a kind of a figure of art and a figure of pop culture more than anything else. Who goes first? Uh, I'll go first because mine's pretty brief. Um, (laughs) So yeah, other than alluding, like talking about the Batman 66 series that I watched when I was a kid, but I probably wasn't really cognizant of who he was. The first time I ever properly watched a film of his knowing who he was, was Enter the Dragon. And I've watched that quite a few times, to be fair. I do enjoy that film. But for some reason, I've never watched like Big Boss or um, some of his other films. But yeah, this, was this the first time for both of you with this one? The first yeah, first time yeah, yeah. for me, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Wicked. Uh, so for, for me, during that period we talked about earlier where I was getting into Jackie Chan, obviously next step is Bruce Lee, if that's what you did. Uh, no no two ways about it. So uh, very specifically, somewhere around the ages of maybe 15 or 16 or 17, my dad got me like the DVD box set that had just been released of all of his movies. Uh, DVD which, box set. Yeah, DVD, standard definition, nice. uh, cropped, pan and scan, dubbed Bruce Lee <laughs> box set uh, with this film, with all of the films, uh, but they were called, I think the, the we'll get to the title controversy, well, not controversy, but confusion sure, yeah, in a okay, second. Yeah, yeah. But at that point, this was in the mid 90s, I guess, uh, the first film was called Fist of Fury, aka yeah. The Big Boss. This film was called The Chinese Connection, aka yeah. Fist of Fury, uh, actual title. Jing Wu school essentially um yeah which should I had to we say up. this by the way do you know why it was called the chinese connection because i think this is hilarious well no i read i read what you read which was they were trying to like get people to compare it to the french connection <laughs> is that yeah. what it was yeah. yeah which makes loads of sense frankly well that was the previous year wasn't it yeah it was yeah yeah so I, I, th- I i believe that one actually frankly i do but apparently yeah. it was accidental that they released it under the that time yeah they, the two films got confused because they were all released within like 12 months of each other so it was just and no one at the time uh this wasn't an industry that the west had like dealt with or looked at or gave two craps yeah. about at any point they, they so they didn't know the what they were doing yeah no and it was just like whatever slap it on it and throw it in a cinema in chinatown yeah. in new york and call it a Whatever. day put it out there yeah and yeah, that's what bruce that's actually what bruce lee changed frankly his his star power yeah. but um yeah. what was i saying oh yeah so he got me that dvd box i watched them all I uh, liked them a lot, but I think because they were dubbed into English, they weren't as good. Okay. Uh, Enter the Dragon. Subs, subs st- before dubs, always. Well, with Bruce Lee in particular, because uh, the and for this film especially, the English dub is just terrible, right. uh, and the guy doing Bruce Lee's voice is just awful. It's... And but also, I never trust them because, like, if you ever watched Akira, they the dub on that kind of changes the plot. I, I don't, you know what? Changes a lot of things. So I always cares? try and go for. Who cares? Well, there's no plot. Who cares? It's the <laughs> the emotional content, like the way Bruce Lee like screams his lines is is the whole reason you're watching the film. Yeah, Not he's to hear acting. Some like yeah, yeah, he's acting, and I want to yeah. hear his voice, and I want to see him uh, act and hear him. Right, act, these yeah. are dubbed anyway, though, aren't they? They're dubbed. They in, are. Yeah, everything. Yeah, no, absolutely, was, was uh, absolutely. They they didn't have sync sound at the time, but yeah. He did his own Cantonese lines in, you know, and he did the ADR on that. So it's his voice. So uh, it makes a huge difference for this particular film, um, I would say. Uh, not always, but on this one for sure. Um, 
Anyway, because of that, and because I liked Jackie Chan's kind of action style so much and that uh, kind of 80s, early 90s scene, I sort of underrated them at the time, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't really like them as much. It's a different style. The It's a bit older. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody on the screen can keep up with Bruce Lee's speed, really. Why? No. Whereas by the time you get to like the mid-80s, you've got a whole group of people that can go toe-to-toe with Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was so into that uh, that particular era of Hong Kong cinema, I couldn't really appreciate this these films for what they were, I think, at the time, with the exception of Enter the Dragon, which was more fun. And had, yeah, well, it's a much bigger film. It's a much bigger production, American production as well. Yeah, um, had more side characters. Brothers, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, just a lot of fun. That film's just loads of fun. Has good fun lines. Has some dialogue that I quote to this day all the time. I, I adore it. Um, but the other ones I kind of like was a little bit resistant to. And then at some point later in life, what found or downloaded or I don't even remember, watched them in Cantonese and, and was like, actually, this is completely awesome. What was I thinking? Um so anyway, yeah, long history with Bruce Lee. Know him very I well. I think it's really interesting if you watch Big Boss, which is only a year before this, directed by the same guy as well, yeah, and then very watch similar. this, is yeah. they learn how to shoot Bruce Lee in For that sure. year. Like yeah. the way they shoot Big Boss there, the close-ups are like too close. Like yeah, they don't, yeah. you don't get to see their knees and legs and their hips kind of thing. That, and then the wide shots are way too wide. They're, and they're, yeah. they're almost like kind of, uh, because we'll probably talk about this, but obviously martial arts films come out of kind of Chinese opera theatre and like the wide shots are just shot like a stage, really. And right. then when Well, I mean, the this... sets are pretty much like that, aren't they? They look like a, a theatre stage, don't they? The way yeah. It... yeah, totally. The Shaw Brothers studios were 100... Well, I read... Well, this was Golden Harvest, wasn't it? This was Golden Harvest. Golden this was Harvest, one of their... Yeah. This is one of their first... I think The Big Boss might have been almost their first film. Close enough. Do you know what, oh, yeah. do you know what else Golden Harvest produced? All the Jackie yeah. Chan movies, of course. No, Ninja Turtles, the first one. Oh, well, hell done. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. That's why the martial arts are quite good in that one. That's a good point. Things. Actually, they are. Actually, That's true. I found out today that Shaw... I always forget this, that Shaw Brothers helped fund uh, Blade Runner later. What? Yeah. <laughs> the, How? Uh, because the... So the Shaw Brothers movie studio, who essentially invented what we think of as Kung Fu movies today, um, started in the 20s. I did my background on this. Because <laughs> uh, I was, I was curious. I always forget like how it happened, and I'm always like, it's an insane. It's a just a very interesting bit of of history, really. Um, started in the opera, as you say, in real life, the guys who ran it, and then basically started filming opera stuff, right. Chinese opera stuff, and that's in the 20s, uh, and that uh, slowly leads to the kung fu boom in the 60s and 70s. By the time it gets to the 80s, Golden Harvest is wiping the floor with them financially. Okay. And they can't really keep up anymore. Their films aren't as popular. So they're like, we'll just fund whatever the hell uh, out in the West to try and make money. So they invested in Blade Runner, among other things. Well, you know, like how Shaw Brothers films, they tend to have like the same sets and just reuse them. Yeah, the 100%. Time. Yeah. Did they did Golden Harvest do that? So I didn't know like if the sets built for this would have been reused for... I, they, I mean, they must have been because that whole industry, whether it was Shaw Brothers, Golden Harvest or anyone in between, was pumping stuff out at a ridiculous rate. And it was shoestring um, as well. Like yeah. this, this film was like shot what 100k, I think, or something. I have no idea, but the, it the, looks great though. I oh, think. it looks fantastic. I, but yeah, they they all do, and 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 this is true for the Shaw Brothers films as, as well. The they look shockingly good for the speed at which they make them, and I to this day don't 100 percent understand how they did it. How they did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me though, I think this this visually looked better than some of the Shaw Brothers I've seen from that time, and like the early Jackie Chan films, which yeah, looked a bit it's scrappier. A, yeah, this it looked depends. a lot more. I don't it depends. Know. Okay. 
Yeah, no, this one looks great. I love it. I agree. But I did, I watched some, um, some Shaw, some Shaw brothers from like 69 and 70. And if uh, some of them are still kind of stagey and the lighting's yeah. like not realistic and stuff, but then occasionally you get like flashes of brilliance okay. and films that really stick out. Um, so King Hughes films, which kicked off the whole thing in the late sixties, those look fantastic. Okay. Uh, so like come drink with me and, and a touch of Zen, um, and the other one that I should know the name of and I'm forgetting, um, look amazing and are essentially the blueprint for like crouching tiger and, uh, and hero. Many yeah. I was going to say that. So that's, that's <clears throat> what kind of happens, isn't it? You've got that kind of, is it, what's the term again? Woo, woo, ha, woosha. Woosha. Thanks. Um, yeah. kind of. And that's the theatre stuff that kind of got that more fantastical, mythical element. Of, right, with of like, like wires and of, stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that really gets replaced by what Bruce Lee brings in for a long yeah. time. Well, the, the other one person I wanted to mention um, from the Shaw Brothers who we shouldn't uh, lump in with kind of the cheaper, crappier films is uh, Chang Che, okay. who made One-Armed Swordsman in 67 and, and made a movie called Vengeance in 1970, which I've never seen. Okay. Um, but I watched a couple of fight scenes today and was b- literally blown away. Uh, look amazing, you know, like Fist of Fury. Look great. The is action's kind of really modern, great. The modern kind of more violent kind of fight. Yeah, scene. yeah. He's he's Cheng Che is sort of like the godfather of your John Woo's and that. Um, okay. Uh, and definitely influenced Bruce Lee massively, I would say, um, in terms of kind of setting the stage just a few years you know, just a few years earlier for Bruce See, Lee to kind of take that torch and do his own thing with it. I think that's great because I think about Bruce Lee, the problem with Bruce Lee is that he stops becoming the person Bruce Lee. And to this day, he's not just the man Bruce Lee. He's he's an absolute icon and cultural figure of China. You know, when you see him on screen, he represents China more than anything else. And I think because of that, what he did gets overblown, even though you can't diminish like what he does. No, it's, it's, I, think I think it's... I think it's not because of the quality of the films almost at all. Um, it's because of him and his, just his star power, just period. Him. Yeah. He's just, the, the guy has raw star power out of, just out, just out yeah, of control. Yeah. Like you can't, it's undeniable. Um, like he doesn't even have to say anything. It's just right. his face and his eyes are just so impactful and intense. He's so, he just, yeah, he's so charismatic just yeah. by yeah. being there. And if you take, if you, like... if you, I saw somebody, I was reading some like reviews of this on Letterboxd and stuff. And somebody said, if you replaced Bruce Lee with another star of the era, who are people that I like a lot, it wouldn't be a very good film. Really. It'd be okay. Yeah. The, the story of this is solid. Like Ollie said, it looks really great. It's got some good side characters in that, but you, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be talking about it really. Yeah. Well, cause like his character doesn't have much dialogue. He's kind of, he's almost like the Terminator in it. He doesn't, he he's a little bit. Around he's killing silent. people. Yeah, he's... That, that's because Bruce Lee is able to be silent and be kind of sexy and charismatic and, and, yeah. and everything and strong and powerful and be silent. That makes this film work. Absolutely. Um, whereas if you just had someone who didn't have all those elements in him, he'd just be kind of boring, maybe. Like, it's just... No, exactly right. Yeah. His, his, Bruce Lee's films hinge almost entirely on, on him, really you know the same way this same the same thing's true of jackie chan and really yeah and and gently uh but with i don't know bruce lee's on a different plane of existence like i don't there's just no one like him it's like you talk about him like as a kid i didn't you know i hadn't seen his films but it inspired me to like and liam i guess we did martial arts when we were kids we did taekwondo oh cool uh, for oh, yeah. quite a few years did you forget yeah kind of. <laughs> 
And, you know, we I did all right. I did a few tournaments and stuff like that. Oh, well um, done. Did you kill anybody? No, I got win. I I, uh, I took down three black belts, though, when I was only a green belt. And I got oh, okay. a medal, which is Oh, nice. wow. That's definitely the start of a good movie where you kill loads but, of people. That there. is, yeah. And then <laughs> I got mad at you and kill your master. In one of the fights, I got winded. That's, that's how it is. But yeah, like I was definitely influenced by Bruce Lee to 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 do martial arts, even though I hadn't seen any of his films. Wow. Just goes to show how like influential influentially is in the kind of public consciousness, even though they haven't seen any of his films. It's like Jimi Hendrix. Everyone knows who Jimi Hendrix is. They're probably a lot of people haven't heard his music and how influential it is, but he's just a known. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like. The image, the image of him is so powerful somehow. Yeah, yeah. For some, like you can't even really describe why. Yeah, it's it's really. complicated as well because, um, and the film is all about this. So we'll go into it again. But he becomes China at the time. China's going through the Cultural Revolution as well at this time period. So he here in the time the really, film is made. Yeah, totally. Like in the sixties and seventies, they're going through the kind of similar stuff. So, so they're kind of it's complicated because he's he's in Hong Kong, isn't he? Which is not China. Yeah, absolutely. As as they will tell you. But this film is set in Shanghai. It um, is, yeah, yeah. And it and the kind of the way he's been sold ever since, and really, really the way traditional martial arts were used in Chinese culture to kind of boost China in and to take something that they could see as their own and something that's definitely Chinese culture and boost it as a strength of the Chinese people and the Chinese cu- country, and to have kind of Bruce Lee as that icon of these traditional martial arts going out there and being better than every so everyone else internationally was a big source of pride to them um and sure, a big sure. sort of kind of power to that kind of culture at the time which is really why stuff like you know once upon a time in hollywood happens you think it's just a scene with bruce lee but it gets very controversial because what other people see in that scene is an american beating china and not just a scene between mm. two actors on a set like Bruce Lee doesn't Bruce Lee stops kind of representing Bruce Lee at some point and just starts representing like the strength of what China can be and not the kind of you know the weak man of Asia which they use in this or the sick which I found out was a real phrase it was absolutely uh, which I had no idea was like a a phrase for dying empires more generically yeah and China take it absolutely to heart they um, embody that phrase at this time period because you got the whole you got a century of what they call like um is it the helplessness century of the of the previous generation and um they which look, no who are, we, who are we talking about previous to bruce lee or previous to the no time just china of the previous film? to the previous to kind of world war Two, really okay, when this right. when this is set they they kind of see china as like a failing kind of um country because they weren't standing up for themselves and and stuff against, like against who liam against who liam the british and the yes, japanese the- but the and British. the Americans too, but definitely yeah, and the Americans, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the we're the baddies as usual. <laughs> Wasn't um, Bruce Lee actually American though? So well, we we should get to this because this is what's so. He was born so... in America. He I was would, born in San Francisco. I would never say he's an American. No, he's an American. No, he's an American citizen. <laughs> but he's an American he, citizen. Yeah, he's an American citizen. So he's an American. You don't have to. There's no qualification of being an American, sure. uh, which is nice. So he definitely was. Um, obviously, also definitely Chinese, uh, but apparently. Uh, his ancestry is not entirely known, uh, particularly on his mother's side. He may, in fact, be like a quarter European. Oh. Uh, but it's like really unclear. <laughs> sure. Um, because his mother, his history is insane. As Liam and I were talking about this before the recording, uh, his, his life, even before he was a movie star, just seems impossible. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it starts right from birth. So his dad was already a star in the Cantonese opera scene. 
which is why Bruce Lee was a child actor, uh, uh. step one, and a really good child actor too, um, before he ever did any martial arts. Uh, step two, his mother was related to this wildly wealthy Hong Kong super elite family, sort of like the Carnegies or the Kennedys of Hong Kong. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, including probably being the great nephew of a knighted British Empire dude who's part British, part China. I can't even remember who the hell he is anymore. Uh, part Dutch, who knows? Some British Empire nonsense. Um, very wealthy. But anyway, the the his mother, Bruce Lee's mother, was like part of that family but maybe she was adopted but maybe her dad was somebody else and her mom cheated and no one knows and she says she when 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 they did bruce lee's paperwork for making sure he was an american citizen when he was born she said that her mother was english uh probably but i was reading this on vice.com so who knows who knows yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and the wikipedia article is a bit vague and you know his own mother was a bit vague and another biography says he was a quarter german or something um so it's wow, unknown or he's entirely chinese we don't always entirely chinese yeah yeah it's uh, very loving yeah. to the mystery that is bruce lee well that's yeah he thing. was a it mystery from the really day he was born to. yeah he, he was it's just his whole it, it i don't i don't i don't i don't know how to put it but like his his star power on screen i think comes from him just being this like uh undefinable enigmatic yeah. guy who you shouldn't be able to say represents all of China because he had a very specific and bizarre life uh, <laughs> entangled with the United States massively, went to college in Seattle, uh, yeah, yeah, in was, Seattle. was making films in America for 10 years before he, he went over to China to start making what we call Bruce Lee films. Um, right. So he's, he's a child of, you know, two continents and lots of different cultures and, and uh, happily, I think, uh, if you listen to a lot of his interviews, thinks of himself as kind of living in a post-racial world. Yeah, uh, Somebody... Somebody famously asked him if uh, he thinks of himself as Chinese or American. And he said, I think of myself as human or as a human being, uh, which is the philosophy. I think he generally tries to put in his films. But then you look at this movie and it doesn't feel that way. No, it feels like, as Liam says, he's going, I'm 100 percent Chinese. Get in. I'll kill anyone who says otherwise. This movie (laughs) is the template for like Ipman later on. This is the, the template of this is a Chinese cultural hero. And it's telling you about the kind of power of what China can be. In the, yeah. in the kind of world going forward. Yeah, the and, um, Ip Man movies, uh, particularly the first one, references this very explicitly. Yeah. Explicitly, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of weird, because you're talking about Wuha cinema as well, and the kind of Wuha cinema was, was a lot of those early Chinese films were the continuously kind of taking the same cultural figures out, or mythical figures, I should say, and folklore figures. Like, yeah, there's always sure. characters that get repeated a lot and lot and lot. And this film oh. does start with that one of the characters dying. Which I did think was really interesting. So the 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 guy who dies at the beginning of the film, the teacher that it's all based on, is a is a real person. He taught. Yeah, like, the Jingwu School is real and is still going yeah. today, actually. But he because he became a kind of mythical figure in China. There's loads of stories about his life, and this is kind of one of them about his death, really. Um, but Bruce Lee himself doesn't portray those kind of mythical heroes that that constantly get portrayed on film. But funny enough, he just becomes one. He so is, like yeah, yeah Bruce, he just is one for real. He just becomes one himself, and yeah. Bruce in like because of like things like Ipman, which only really exists because Bruce Lee exists. Um, well, one hundred percent. Nobody would have known Yip Man's name if not yeah, for Bruce Lee becoming as famous just, as he was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, uh, it's um, another character, a real life person who gets completely overblown, precisely because not obviously he. Would, I'm sure he was a fantastic uh, martial artist, but sure. um, you know the the portrayal of him in eight thousand films over the last fifteen years. 
is ludicrous. <laughs> it's entirely yeah. because of, of Bruce because Lee's Bruce popularity. Lee. Yeah. yeah, it's because they can't make another Bruce Lee film. They can't make another right. story about his life. We've done them all. No. Like we, and no. so let's let's look at the characters around him and make them into their own mythical figures. Right, exactly. And the Ip Man films themselves, like this, Ip Man films are very propaganda, very much. Oh, like, for sure. About Chinese propaganda and stuff. Not well, now you, now no judgment. You really, but like, no, I'm not judging, but, but that's the, that's a truth of that's always been true uh, for at least for at least all the Chinese movies. I know, I guess they're always struggling with or working with either struggling against or working with uh, the government in, in Beijing, Hong Kong at this time was not, no, uh, which is important, which is why the, the, the Chinese movies that we associate with Chinese are all Hong Kong productions in Cantonese, mostly Cantonese speaking -speaking, actors and not, you know, they could do the violence, they could do the sex, they could do whatever, not in this film, but in other films, um, because they weren't having to deal with Beijing censorship. Right. Okay. Uh, now the relationship's quite different, um, and the films sure. are quite different because of it. And they all there, they all get kind of pushed out. I mean, the, the fourth Hitman film, which is not long come out actually, it came, came out in like January, I guess. Is that one our mutual friends in? It is. He is. Yeah, he plays a very evil American guy who's very racist. Like, um, well done. And uh, it's that very much show was doing this kind of sick man of Asia. We are not the sick man of Asia kind of thing. Right. We are not the sick man of the world. And and all that like this film is probably the start of that as a kind of as far as i know i i don't i don't think i was looking into that as well because it is such a common plot yeah uh after this point for sure it's all over the place um uh and and it the it being specific to china beating other places i don't think happened before this but the idea of it being like one school versus another and one style versus another which is like the genre bones of this film yeah that was really common before that this. was really common yeah it took it took that basic plot of like my style is better than your style and turned it into like a nationalistic yeah get the fuck out of shanghai or yeah yeah so this is traditional chinese martial arts and they're better than any other countries fighting like so we'll, we'll have the big russian guy in there we'll I mean, because yeah. you know they're asia as well because it's russia we'll have like well, usually but Japanese usually it's America. always like usually before this and frankly after this it's not it's not it's more even local than that. It's not like all yeah, Chinese sure. martial arts are better than every other country. It's like uh, South of China is better than North of China, or even more particularly, like my snake style will beat your, you know, cricket fist or whatever. Yeah, uh, and it's and it's you know it's very silly. Uh, and, I think that's what I was trying to say about like because you got this kind of the Mao Cultural Revolution in the sixty six seventy six kind of area. They're pushing China as a element in itself rather than trying to segregate China in that way. So they're trying to just look at like what what will become the mass of China, and and try and feed that into their kind of history as well. Which obviously this film takes place in their history, really. Yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, I always think about how you know, like Bruce Lee, for the first few years of his life, Hong Kong was in under Japanese occupation. So mm-hmm. for the people making this film, this is not an abstract idea. That no. To be angry. This is something they are that is Very a raw real. nerve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that they're they're legitimately and you know rightly angry about. And you've got uh, that scene with the park in this. Yes, for sure. Yeah. In the park, yeah. Yeah. Which very much was a reality for people growing up in China. That right. moment's wicked, though, when he jumps up in the air and he obliterates the sign. Though, Hell yeah, it? man. <laughs> That's one of Bruce Lee's signature moves, is jumping really high and kicking an inanimate object. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but he, he like shows off. I'm pretty sure this is in Way of the Dragon, which is great as well. That's the one with Chuck Norris in it. I'm pretty yeah. sure he shows off by like kicking a ceiling lamp. 
Can I ask one thing though? In that scene when he tries to get into the park or whatever, is yeah. the guy in blackface? Probably. Think, he's supposed so. to be Indian. He's, yeah. he's supposed yeah. to be a Punjabi uh, guard, which was a normal British Empire yeah. thing. Um, it looked to me like it was definitely a Chinese guy in makeup. Yeah, I thought. Listen, so. it's seventy-one. But it's... Should we should we should we get to the meat and bones of the? Yeah, we, yeah, sure. Like we did the same thing that I told you off for, which was talk for like seventeen hours before actually getting to the film. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. No, it's all good though, man. It's all part. It's of all part context. Of We're connoisseurs yeah. of context. It's hard to. There's so much to talk about. Really, it's really? kind of it hard is. To... Yeah, it's hard. Like, <laughs> no, go on, Brendan. Sorry. It's just hard to like. You f- I feel like I should have been more specific in my outlining or something because otherwise we'd just go on forever remembering yeah, this that, and the other thing it's just a conversation at the end of the day it's not like we're trying to do like a a hard copy documentary oh god oh right i'm <laughs> in the wrong podcast and i'm sorry <laughs> it's a bruce lee's one it, as i said it's silly to not cover bruce lee but it's such a vast topic that you could go on so little yeah. tangents and for him it is it, it is it is hard to to boil it down to like a short i don't know a short description you can't we are all three of us are struggling to come up with the words. Actually, this is what's been happening. I don't know if you've noticed this, but all of us are like, yeah, he's just really great. And I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. He's kind of amazing. And yeah. every single person on the planet knows his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, maybe we should. Maybe you should describe setup. The setup of this film is really good, I thought. Here you go. He's enigmatic. There you go. He's is not, he? though. He's enigmatic yeah. by putting it all out there, isn't he? Yeah. yeah but he's still, I don't know. He wears every single thing on his sleeve as huge as possible. Yeah, he does. Possible. He wears every little bit of emotion on, so. on every single ripple of those muscles. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I, I think that's a perfectly great description, personally. And somehow, I don't know how you do it, where you can be that big and that enigmatic. And in fact, I'm glad you brought up The Godfather, because I wanted to bring up Marlon Brando yeah. uh, generically. And it occurred yeah. to me, watching this earlier, that it's a lot like A Streetcar Named Desire, in which... That film is famous for introducing method acting to people. Okay. Yeah. And that's a great movie all around, but it's really great because Brando is doing Brando, right? And he's just on another planet and everyone else in the film is doing kind of old style acting very well. But uh, like even in the same shot, you'll have Blanche Dubois being like she's in the fifties and him like he's in the seventies in one shot. And this film's the same. And the big boss is the same again, where everyone else in the film is like they're in some old movie and Bruce Lee's like vaulted into the future. Yeah, that's such no, a good comparison. Yeah, that's yeah, such yeah. a good that's comparison. A good and it, it feels like he's, and in the same way again, that the 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 intensity of the performance um, is is similar to both those guys, uh, I think. Uh, Bruce Lee's just doing it via a martial arts movie, but it's this extremely heightened emotion that feels like it's coming from the depths of their guts and souls mm-hmm. rather than being like a, a theater mask you put on. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Bruce's performance in this is more when he's not fighting, he's more introspective, and his like outlandishness comes out in his fight scenes. Whereas everyone else's like outlandishness is in there just but the like, general I, performance. Do you know what I mean? thought like, it was interesting this that he's a romantic lead, which you would, which it's not like in the eighties when you do action films, they're not really romance leads. They're actually they like women love them, but they're not like romantic at heart. But in this, like he is romantic at heart he is like a loving person he's not just a kind of like sexy person who can kill people and a lot of this film is dedicated to that as well i was surprised how much he he full-on makes out with that girl in the in the in the graveyard (laughs) do you mean she's She's also in way of the dragon oh is she and a bunch of other yeah she's a really good actress actually 
Her name is never on screen in this. No, uh, <laughs> she's interesting. I, hold on, I'll get her. Let's let's shout her out now. I'm gonna get her up here. I'm pretty sure that's Nora Meow. Meow. Yeah, Nora, Nora Meow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the first the film that kicked off the this this new wave of kung fu movies that that Fist of Fury is riding on and expanding uh, is Come Drink with Me, which is a female lead. That's oh, the first cool. film, 1966. Um, basically, the Shaw Brothers' first big kung fu hit. Uh, starring Cheng Pei Pei, who you would know as the villain in Crouching Tiger. Okay. Uh, yep. And yeah, so it's it's just a super normal thing. Uh, not always the lead, you know. Usually the leads are the dudes, to be fair. But sure. uh, having having women running around punching the crap out of guys in Chinese films is pretty common. It wasn't unusual, yeah. No. Yeah. Let's get why. down to the plot anyway. Then, um, so the film kind of starts with this scroll that it tells you about um, the death of the. Huao Yunja or something like that. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that correctly. The guy's name. Yeah, we're going to butcher loads of names there. Yeah. Um, who he's a real martial art teacher. He, he's a myth. He's though he's kind of into kind of folklore mythic mythicism. In reality, he died very normally. But yeah, for some reason, there's always been a kind of question about his death and this. Well, it's 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 a lot like Bruce Lee, isn't it? Yeah, and not like fact, Bruce Lee. Good in point. fact, there's a line. I took note of it. And I put a sad face next to it. Hold on. Uh, very early on in the movie, right after what you're about to set up, uh, Bruce Lee is convinced that a healthy person can't die randomly. Yes. Yes. And, he, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is breaking my heart watching <laughs> yeah. this. Honestly. That, he was, what's the line? He goes like, a healthy man can't die of ulcers yeah, or, or pneumonia. No. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Bruce? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty sad. But uh, yeah, that guy probably died for no reason at all. But uh, because he was the real character, the real person. Yeah. Um, he did found that school in 1910. Its school is still going. Oh. If you want to see, if you want to see that guy get mythologized, you can watch Jet Li's Fearless. Yes. Which is an say, excellent yeah. film, um, and is ridiculous. Like the portrayal of this character is absurd. Yeah. Uh, but it's a super fun film. Um, yeah, and then he just died, you know, randomly, and because he was such kind of a beloved figure in the community for founding this school and promoting martial arts uh, in Shanghai. And Shanghai was under this kind of imperial occupation as... It's the as same thing. The he film. was using traditional martial arts and he was known to beat kind of foreign fighters as well, again. Yeah, um, that probably... I mean, that did happen, uh, for sure. Yeah, it did happen, uh, totally. But I think yeah. he's deaf. People were like, well, that must be a plot against him. Right, he exactly. Because strong. Yeah. They were trying to make him look weak again or something. Like, yeah, which is, again, some people think Bruce Lee died from some triad garbage, which yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the same thing again, where it's just like, you can't believe someone who's that, you know, physically impressive uh, uh, could have died from some just nonsense. But obviously we know that that yeah. can happen. And um, so Bruce Lee turns up to his school. He's come for the funeral, but he's late. Uh, and they've all, the funeral procession's already Where left. Where was he? I missed that, That's actually. That's what I was wearing. A very, yeah, he's in a nice You look suit. like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, his outfit's amazing. I love it. I it's know, iconic. He's, he's but awesome. I meant where... So the character Bruce Lee's playing is fictional 100%. Yeah. Uh, but where was that character supposed to be prior to the funeral? Was he like yeah. off schooling somewhere? I wonder if he was meant to be in the war or something. Because it's set I didn't catch that World War Two, but it never tells you. He's just no, 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 it's set, no, no, no. It's that set. It's set in nineteen ten, man. Oh, nineteen ten. Okay, sorry. I don't know yeah. World War Two, man. Well, I mean, this this phones in cars, I guess, and stuff. So I guess there's phones. Be. Yeah. Is there phones? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. The, the yeah, real guy a died. Plot. There's a whole part of it where there he's is a, a phone. phone bit. There's phones in 19 whatever. It's it's not meant to be World War 2 for sure. That's, 
the setting I'd, of this film. I'd say 20s, 30s, maybe then. Yeah, maybe 20s. But the, the real guy died in 1910. So that's when the inciting incident of this film happened in real life. I guess they could have been playing fast and loose with the truth a little bit. I don't know. I Who guess knows? so. It's a Japanese occupation of Shanghai is a lot later than 1910. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is not, this is not, this is definitely not the Japanese occupation, actually. Uh, oh, and I was confused about that too. No, I, I looked it into this. Like just a small sector that, like, they were kind right. of like a little mob group that were trying to kind of take over. It's it's a stuff. complicated time uh, in history, which I'm not going to pretend I know what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> at all. But I did look it up because I was I was confused because I had the same thought in my head in my memory. It was World War II because yeah, of the that's, Japanese occupation. That's what I'm doing. I yeah, thought yeah. I thought 100 percent the same thing, and I'm watching the film, and. Um, and they start saying words. Uh, oh God, I can't remember anymore. I think I wrote that down too. Um, uh, like sections of the town are like this, that, and the other thing. The British are a big presence, mm. even in the film, more more so than like the authority is Chinese and British people, and the Japanese yes. seem to be like pushing in. So it seems like Shanghai is almost like a city state at this point in history, and okay, it's being okay. kind of carved up by different like imperial powers yeah sure. yeah so sure. that's why you got the british empire there you got american business people there you got japanese empire encroaching in which leads to in real life leads to the, the occupation uh, around right. world war ii but right. i'm pretty sure this is set in the lead up to that yeah okay i'll go with that i'll go yeah. with that. E- either way either way yeah, shanghai yeah. is getting screwed by foreign powers yes which is the yeah the, the, which is the kind of drama in this really is yeah at the end of the day I find it really interesting in the funeral scene when he finally makes it there because he borrows the umbrella and runs through the rain. The the funeral band are very European and they're playing Abide With Me as well, which I, I thought was that. really bizarre as a, a Chinese funeral, which well, I guess... A, yeah, it was a very... Shanghai was, has been an international city for a long time. Yeah, so I guess it was just that was the filmmaker showing that's what Shanghai was like at the time. There was this mix of cultures and, and music and kind of soundscapes and stuff. My, my note was... Uh, are rain funerals already a cliche in 1972? Because it's legitimately one of my least favorite cliches in the history of cinema. It's funerals in the rain. I hate it. Um, I love the sound of the casket makes. It's like a proper metal thud. Plonking it like over the top sound effects. But I have a feeling that in in 1972, I assume there hadn't been a million funerals in the rain in movies already. I, I I don't want to take that bet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either way. <laughs> yeah. It looks great in this a lot movie. of the 40s could have done that. Maybe. I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but no. like once you get once you get into particularly American films in the 90s and afterwards, it's just, every time someone dies it's raining and it drives yes. me insane. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's the screen crying random, don't you? Know, I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't care. It works one time and then stop. You know. I get it. Uh, quick, quick cultural note. I'm sure most people know this, but white is the color of mourning in China. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why Bruce Lee's all in white. I went to a, a funeral in Thailand, and that's where all white. It was there you go. Interesting. Like, there you I go. love the, the opening titles. They're great. The titles are fantastic. I got that. That's big capitals. I've written here. Like they, they got me so hyped to watch the film. This is pretty common of the time period, both for Golden Harvest and Shaw Brothers. This, the title sequences are great. So this year also had Five Fingers of Death, which you talked about, which has an awesome score and opening titles, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's just a great era for title design generally. But even like, you know, films as recent as like Scott Pilgrim kind of emulate that kind of style, even though oh, it's in sure. a more kind of yeah. punk rocky kind of vibe. The, the way it's animated and stuff is very similar to how. Good point. That's, and the colors they use and stuff like that I thought was quite cool. I didn't catch that, but that's spot on. That's cool. Um, 
yeah, so he's very sad at the funeral. He goes back. They're still very sad and they're all sad about how this guy died. They're, they're trying to tell Bruce it's it's normal. He, people die, but he's convinced it's a plot against him. Yeah. Oh, um, you guys, you, you, you sorry. In this first scene right off the bat, you get one of the classic cliches of Kung Fu movies generally, which is the main character shouting Sifu really soudly and loudly. So, oh, which teacher. Means teacher. Yeah, Sifu! Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Every, every time, every, yeah. every film, it has yes. to be in there. And I Bruce Lee. Teachers. Yeah. The it picture is- they're using is the real the real guy in the film, like the picture of the, in on the shrine oh, in this okay. film, that's the real picture of the guy as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. As far as um, So they're kind of just having their little wake, aren't they? In their kind of school and the new teachers taking over. And that's when the kind of villains come to visit. So you got this great smarmy kind of Chinese. He's bureaucrat. brilliant, isn't he? He's brilliant. Um, <laughs> he's wonderful, isn't he? Like, um, it, this industry is also great for like random guy faces. Sure. You know what I mean? Just like uh, bit actors who come in and just own the screen with this ridiculous character. Uh, another pretty common element of the genre that was super fun. Every villain has bad teeth and bad hair. I think that's like damn right. Tropes. Like the one that's how you know, that's like how a, you know somebody's evil. How else would you like, know? It's like the two guys that are with him. One guy's got this insane bob and the other one looks like a <laughs> werewolf with this like mane. That, that kind of ginger mane wig he has. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. We can all ho- only hope to look this good. Oh, way. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's backed up by by Japanese people. So he's a Chinese yeah. like local, but he's backed up by evil Japanese people. And, he's um, their interpreter, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And he's benefiting from that kind of international money, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a collaborator. Uh, they um they come to insult their funeral for no real reason. It's quite rude, frankly. <laughs> That's a really good um, point, actually. The whole the whole inciting incident, like they just didn't have to do that, did they? They didn't have to turn up. It was fine. This guy died. <laughs> like, um, and they have a sign that says "Sick Man of East Asia" um, yeah. to insult the kind of dead guy. And we've talked about this really briefly, but just to make it clear, that was a phrase that the West particularly were using about China. Um, it's a phrase that predates china i think like the ottoman empire used to call the sick man of europe and stuff like that yeah. and it's just a kind of political phrase about a country that's kind of suffering kind of economic downturn um right. like an Ch- empire in decline isn't it yeah empire in decline china took this to absolute heart especially because especially during this time period and the wars before the revolution and it was a big driving force for them to become a strong nation and stuff so having all this in this film would absolutely sing to people in the 70s in, in China. Would absolutely be like, like they would understand what all this meant and what all this was saying, really. And uh, especially coming from the Japanese as well. Who it seems pretty straightforward. This. Yeah. The, the, the film doesn't like these characters at all right off the yeah. bat. <laughs> right off the bat. Like, <laughs> um, They give him a sign and he's not happy about this sign. And he's I really love this not. scene when he's just like, Bruce is livid. You know, yeah, like, he's, he's so great right away isn't he, yeah. he just I mean, we haven't we haven't stationary. talked about how much he just owns the screen the second he turns up he just doesn't say anything either that whole scene yeah. i don't think he just... he just obliterates the celluloid from frame one like the second he's there it's just everyone <laughs> else is melting around him yeah no. yeah was, was it this scene that's got the awesome guitar drop or is it the one after it's kind of got this like guitar like 
thing that crops up, I think, every time you see Bruce Lee. It's like, I, I can't remember, but I do have written here that the score is completely iconic, and I had forgotten how great it was. Yeah, the score is There's a bit later on in the film, we'll get to it, but it's got, like, one of those, like, wooden kind of which you kind of like stroke a stick along and it kind of makes a croaking sound oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. and he, it sounds like it's burping the whole way through the <laughs> it's awesome anyway um so to kind of get back on the kind of smarmy people he decides to make a visit to their uh is it bushido they're doing is that right uh, that's what they call it but it looks like they're doing judo to me yeah. okay okay it's it's a little bit of a mishmash um of japanese stuff uh i'm not they they call the bushido in the film, but but uh, they're clearly making them look shit because they, what they're doing is just like little throws and stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Bruce Bruce is not impressed. This fight scene is one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh, it's in, it's in so this minutes. this right here is this fights this scene in particular like is the scene that launched a million ships basically right yes. off the. Yeah, I this, was laughing so hard during this scene, but not in a in oh this is so funny, but just in like pure joy. It was yes. so amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, like it's the second it cuts, the second it cuts and spins them round and throws them. It was amazing. I'm pretty sure Bruce didn't like that bit actually. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I, I think there was he never worked with Lo Wei again after this. No. And I think there was like a competition between the two of them. Bruce Lee wanted to keep it more real, more raw, uh, more street fighty. And Lo Wei was an old school kind of guy and kept he trying was, to make yeah. it more silly. Uh, and so that kind of a stunt is the kind of thing that I get the impression. Um, well, that's interesting because Lo Wei becomes the early director for Jackie Chan as well. Right. And he screwed it up completely. Yeah. So Because uh, he was totally wrong for it. But they, they, they bashed heads a little bit about that just because they had different kind of philosophies. But I think that way you kind of get a nice blend then of the two. A little bit, yeah. I, I, I see both. I like both kinds of movies, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see both points. But um, I don't think this goes overly silly. No, no. It never... Bruce Lee was... All, the Big Boss had been a massive hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Bruce Lee had not total control, but quite a bit. A bit of and then could... And then this was even a bigger hit again. So after this point, he had total control, essentially. Well, I know that he clashed quite much more with Lo Wei on Big Boss. So when it came to this, he had much more of a say about how oh, he shot and stuff. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. Um, but then the next film, he directs himself. So yeah, like, and he's away then, and <laughs> yeah. directs very well. I, I rewatched a few scenes from that from Way of the Dragon uh, today just to remind myself of how the action scenes were maybe different or compared. Sure. Uh, and it's really great. Directed it super is- duper well. Way of the Dragon's got a bit more comedy in it, though. This doesn't really have comedy in it at all. It's Way of the it's, Dragon. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's interesting. Bruce Lee never 100% knew, well, never, in, in that year and a half that he was making feature films. Yeah, sure. Never, never figured out exactly what he wanted his tone to be. Because I think yeah. at his, he seems like, if you've read interviews and books and stuff, he seems like kind of a conflicted guy in an interesting way um, in terms of his stardom and how much maybe violence he should or shouldn't be putting on screen. Okay. Uh, and you know, does he want to be funny? Does he want to be violent? Does he want to be sexy? Does he want to be all of those at the same time? He's not totally sure, uh, which is actually compelling in yes, its own way. It is compelling um, in its own way because he but it does masters lead, all of them. He does, but it does lead to like certain tonal shifts that are, feel a little bit awkward here and there in mm. these early films. But you have to remember, he only made the four, these are his first four movies. Yeah. Jackie Chan's first four movies are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I might as well say, because Jackie Chan shows up in this, but he, 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 we'll get to that at the end, obviously. This but is like know some, that. Uh, well, but I'll explain it in great detail. I think it's uh, really once... interesting after this is because this has a number of sequels and that does star Jackie Chan as this yes. character still. That's one um, of those early films that's garbage. Uh, yeah. And it, what, so... even more interesting, we might as well say it now, that I, I found fascinating is after Bruce Lee dies, there becomes an absolute market for fake Bruce Lees. Yeah, and yeah, Bruce PlayStation, baby. Yeah. And there's a guy called Bruce Lee, is it just L.I.? 
who yeah li yeah he's awful who makes these sequels as well to this film playing the same yeah, character and stuff. very and very it, silly it becomes a whole thing i can't remember what people call it now brucification or whatever bruce bruce exploitation is the bruce term exploitation yeah and wasn't there just, a yeah. tv show of this as well with donnie yen or something or i believe so yeah probably yeah. <laughs> well this film has been remade very well a few times um but we can get to that uh, at a later date but uh but the, let's talk about this because, fight scene like like cause... oh yeah okay so sorry this 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 fight scene <laughs> this fight this particular fight scene uh which as we said had been like uh redone in a million films including it man the first one yes um, absolutely but this was the fight scene where in the big boss is really good and a lot of fun but it's pretty rough around the edges and the action never lines up it's like never bruce lee at his bruce lee-ishness it's like he's never himself <laughs> and in this one the second the scene starts you're like now it's bruce lee yeah i yeah 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 now it's that kind of the hard hitting the close quarters the kind of three kicks because he was insulted for those three kicks wasn't he by the chinese I, apparently well. i never really understood but, there's all these are this is, goes into those weird bizarre myths where you're like really yeah. that doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense why would they get object that? but yeah I don't know. But uh, yeah, but this, he, so this he, is one, this is, he walks right, right into this dojo. It's him against the entire class and their kind of um, teacher as well. And he, he basically says to them, is it going to be one-on-one or all of you against me? And they pick all of them against him. And he kicks <laughs> yeah. all their asses. I loved yes. how like when they got him circling him, they're all kind of like, they're weak. They're kind of clawing a bit kind of loose backed. They're kind of like yeah. lower than him, and he's just standing in the middle as this kind of pu- like pillar in the center of these guys, yeah. like so tall and so like just strong and so like like stoic, and he looks. This just is the like kind of scene. Like, he, well, he does, yeah, and he acts like it too, doesn't he? But he, this is the kind of scene that Western audiences quite rightly often make fun of, of like why or how can is how is it possible all these people could lose to one guy sure. and usually they're right usually that is silly but in this particular case <laughs> the bruce lee makes it look like yeah of course you could kill all those dudes yeah yeah, yeah totally how would they ever think they were going to win like no, he pulls it's... those nunchucks out and just starts twatting them on the head yes. and circling around the floor and then whacking them in the ankles and stuff it's amazing it's i know that this is the yeah. first time he's he has nunchucks on screen yeah um I read somewhere that it's the first time nunchucks were ever on screen, but I don't believe that. I mean, but, that, honestly, that could be true. It could be true, yeah. Like, well, they were banned in the UK, weren't they, on films and TV? They were because of Bruce Lee, basically. Wet, and they were well, classed this, this... exotic weapons. So like in Ninja Turtles, they couldn't show the nunchucks, so they're always cut out and stuff like that. This is like a small point, but it sort of gets to the heart of why Bruce Lee was... One of the reasons he was really interesting was that uh, one of the reasons it might have been the first nunchucks on screen was that that's like a Japanese weapon that you use in yes. Japanese martial arts and Chinese people don't do that sort of thing. And, yeah. uh, oh, you can't, I don't know, what you have to stay true to your thing. And Bruce Lee's philosophy of martial arts generally way before he made any of these films was, you know, you don't have to be true to any one style or place or whatever. Okay. And he was quite open about that. That was his whole philosophy of life. He was teaching that to celebrities in Los Angeles before he made any films. So the fact that his first, not his first, his second big hit film was all about promoting Chinese martial arts by doing not at all Chinese martial arts, really. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, so actually. Did he come in with the nunchucks? Were they in his pocket, like in his... No, I think he, they... I was going to say, did he get them, them there? Them, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure what he did. Him, though. But I think... As they yeah. are, can be seen as like a Japanese weapon. You got this scene of this Chinese man coming into a Japanese kind of martial arts school, picking up their weapon and beating the shit out of them with it better than right. any of they can use it. Like, and, and then the master then takes him on one by one. It's a mistake, and, uh, isn't it? 
<laughs> and you just think, why are you bothering? Because he, yeah. he looks so he looks so kind of bloated and red faced and like weak compared to <laughs> compared to Bruce. And you're like, he, he gives it a good try. He gives it a good try. <laughs> he does. He does. He was actually in that same actor was in one of the other scenes I watched from a movie called the oh, I forgot it already. Uh, anyway, he was good in that too. <laughs> Boxer, the boxer from something. As soon as um, Bruce Lee smashes the uh, the you know the paper scroll thing. Yes. Mm. As soon as he smashed that, I was like, he's going to make them eat it, and I was like, yep. and then he makes them eat, and I was like, yes. That that bit is incredible. That is truly iconic. Next that, time yeah. it's the glass. Next oh, time it's the glass. glass yeah. Like how how cool do you have to be to say that? <laughs> and then we got yeah. that wee Chinese art sick men and yeah. He's finished. He beat the shit out of a ton of people. Right? Yeah, I like the admin guy who's just sitting in his office. <laughs> and like, and he comes out. What else? What else? What else? I write about that scene because I mean, this is a really, really pivotal, pivotal scene in kind of the evolution of the genre. Um, let's see. Okay, it's already on the second page. But I like it when the um, when the the interpreter comes back and you just see Bruce Lee walking out of the building and he's still just beating people up as he's walking out. Oh yeah, yes, yes. That's really. And then he funny. goes and hides the interpreter, doesn't he? Like around the, the um, that topless thing as well of Bruce Lee. Like that's the first time you see him topless in this, and I I picture Bruce Lee as topless. Like that's him. Like just in like that's when someone draws Bruce Lee. It's that's kind of how you draw. Well, him. the high waisted pants. And yeah, then, yeah, man. yeah. He likes he likes to look good on screen. It's important to him. He's a um, good looking guy. Why not? He's a, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If I if I was ripped, I'd never have a shirt on in my life. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, well, this is why this film made a hundred million in nineteen seventy <laughs> or two, like, which is equivalent today of like I don't know six hundred million or something. It's like insanity. Um, and bear in yeah. mind, it was made for hundred k, and it made a hundred million. Like, that's, that's a lot. Just... It occurred to me that him the the shot of him walking at the start of this actually. The shot of him walking back in with a sign reminded me a ton of Errol Flynn walking in with the deer in The Adventures of Robin Hood. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. So in the, in the Adventures of Robin Hood, the first scene where Errol Flynn gets to be a badass in a yeah. similar kind of swaggering way, he walks into, I guess it's the sheriff or whoever, he kicks the door in, has a deer, like on his, a dead deer on his back, walks yes. in front of everyone and just chucks it down on the table. And this had that same energy of I'm just walking into the enemy's place like I own it. I'm going straight in and they're going yeah. to see me. Yeah. Um, but we'll skip along anyway. So he kind of, at this point, you're introduced to the, the villain of the whole thing with the amazing Tash. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Point. There's two. There's at least two amazing mustaches in this film. There's a Hitler mustache as well, which I thought was interesting. Who had the Hitler stash? <laughs> the, 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 the admin guy who takes him around when he's the phone operator. You know is what? That? I was so enjoying the phone bit, I didn't even notice the Hitler stash. <laughs> you didn't even notice the phone? <laughs> I, I forgot that was there too. Um, so they threaten the kind of the the Chinese school to say if they don't hang over Chen, you know Bruce Lee, that they're going to yeah. keep smashing up all the schools and keep killing. This is the whole plot of the film, isn't it? it? Just goes back and forth between the two schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, at this point, Bruce Lee's walking out in town, and he tries to go into a park. I think we spoke about this already. Yes. And he um, he's not allowed in because he's Chinese. There's a sign that says no Chinese or dogs, and some Chinese, some Japanese people walk in, don't they? And they insult yeah. him. He punches uh, the dude again. And he decides to kick their ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a mistake, isn't it? If you're to, to try and insult Bruce Lee, I just, just don't do it. Like, why would you? If you've seen him, 
He's like the <laughs> angriest kind of guy. <laughs> he's angry, but he is really small. So if his shirt is on, you're really you don't know. Yeah, you, don't you just know. have to look at his eyes, and you're like, Oof, no. Yeah, he's... I don't want to. He's too crazy. I don't want to deal with that. I love how when he's fighting, he sounds like we all know the sounds that he makes. Yeah. But like when he goes for the attack, he sounds like a tiger, like ferociously gonna like fucking tear your face apart. He's more like a cat, like but a yeah, little cat, well, like because it's high pitch, isn't it? I love that he's not afraid to make ridiculous high pitch noises that mm. a lot of people would call not very masculine. I don't know. But, I'd shit myself if someone came. Up to yeah, no, same. Of course, but like he's just uh, he's unafraid. You, if you feel like he's unafraid to be himself, it yeah. would. The martial arts scenes wouldn't would be weird if they didn't have them in mm. weren't punctuated with those kind of sound effects and that screen i mean i hate it when anyone any i hate any film that tries to put in bruce lee style sound effects ever it drives me insane because i mean all the vocal stylings yeah him, that's, isn't it? that's part of him that's... yeah it's unique to him yeah. yeah no one else should be trying to do that what does jackie chan do when he fights i'm trying to think what kind of does he do uh you know he doesn't have very iconic uh sounds i wouldn't say it's more about the close-ups isn't his expressions and stuff like that he's always a bit kind of like uh, overwhelmed bemused yeah yeah Yeah, he's just a completely different performer they're just apples and oranges there's no point in trying to compare them which was the problem with jackie's early films yeah because they were just trying to make him into bruce lee which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> if you're an amazing, accomplished martial artist, that's what they're looking for—the next Bruce Lee. So they're just trying to—they're filling that gap, aren't they? And then they're really well. They, like, they oh, had this superstar, person. and they and it went away in three years yeah. or something. So they were desperate to try and fill that in. Yeah, but I think what we've all learned in the how many years is it since 1971? No, a lot. Fifty. There is 50 there is years. no other there is no other Bruce Lee. No. It's just I I love I love a lot of actors in this scene. All due respect to your Donnie Yens and whatnot, but there's just nobody like this at all. Um. Then okay. So after this, he this is when he finds out that he was poisoned because he sees the two assassins in the kitchen. Yes, which I wrote down. Very convenient that they discuss their actions like this. They discuss everything (laughs) in my for no no reason no reason (laughs) in extreme detail. I loved it. I mean, yeah, that like, was really funny. You know how we killed that guy before by doing this? Shall we keep yeah. doing it this way? Or do you want to <laughs> do other ways to kill people? You know how it was us two here poisoning <laughs> the biscuits to kill that guy? Like, do you know how it was us two and we dealt with this other guy named this? Yeah. He's not here right now and we don't need to bring up for any reason. <laughs> I fucking adored it. Yeah. Hang it's, on, haven't it... we missed a whole fight, the whole fight sequence when they ambushed the... Or was that after this? I can't remember, but there's a there's one or two fight scenes where Bruce Lee's. That's not when in. all the girls kind of. That's when the girls get yeah. involved. Yeah. In well, the this fight is an interesting fun. contrast because those scenes without him in it are more kind of conventional of the time period, and yeah. they're just not very exciting. Yeah, that's true. Really, yeah. I mean, and those are some good actors in there that are that have been in some other films, and the low ways made loads of films, so they know what they're doing. But it's what? it's just kind of indicative of how he changed the game that those other more kind of normal quote-unquote, fight scenes from the time period look ridiculous next to the one we just talked about in the dojo. Yeah. Because yeah. I have a feeling that one's first, then it's this scene when he kind of, he, he punches those guys to death. I think you're right, actually. Oh, oh are we, so are we talking about the guys in the kitchen? Yeah. Okay, this sure has it's... one of my all-time favorite details, literally in all of cinema. Okay. In fact, the, and this haunted me from when I was a teenager because I've never understood it. The zoom into the guy's nipple. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And right. which somehow proves he's Japanese. I think... It I, must be a thing. I think it's a zoom to the thing he's wearing on his waist. 
No, yeah, it's his yeah, nipples, isn't I it? I know oh, it I is, but <laughs> I think it's I think indicated right. because he's wearing that thing on his waist. That's the something. Oh, Japanese that makes more wear. sense. Yeah. I just assumed, when I was a teenager, I was like, well, I guess Japanese guys have different nipples than Chinese guys, I guess. (laughs) I I spent too long thinking of why that happened, (laughs) I have to say today. It haunted me. I I must have seen, like I said, I saw this when I was like 15, so I'm an idiot. I'm just a dumb kid. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell is this about? I don't understand. I thought about it for years. It felt like basically the zoom went too far to me. Like they were meant to zoom in by like so many and they, they, they doubled it accidentally. (laughs) <laughs> and they just well, the ended scene, up with his nipple the scene before this is when they have that big fight and I think Bruce Lee comes back and they're all saying it's Bruce Lee's fault it's Bruce Lee's fault and then the girl goes to him no one's blaming you like, <laughs> no that's exactly what they're doing <laughs> but, but I love the fact you find out that it was a poison custard cream pretty much that killed uh... really I missed that it was, well, a it was biscuit. definitely biscuits I don't think they're custard creams but they're that's biscuits. what I put in my notes okay <laughs> So he eats custard creams and Japanese nipples are different. These are the things that we've learned in this scene. (laughs) And he kills the Japanese guy with a single punch. That was amazing. Single hard punch. Oh, when it goes into slow motion like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I can't work out if it was real slow-mo, if they were just acting slow-mo. No, that was slow motion for sure. It's got to be just slow motion. Yeah, his his hair was moving in slow motion. I can't remember. Yeah, no, for sure. That shot's incredible. It's, uh, it looks amazing. The framing of that's amazing. Um, the way it makes the look punch it makes sorry it makes the look punch makes the punch look so powerful <laughs> yeah like, it looks the, like where the they put the camera in the slow motion and yeah and then after this he decides to string them up on a on the lamppost yeah to kind of tell everyone that he killed these people i'd love another to know how it seems he got them uh, up on that lamppost it seems unnecessary again really he's bruce lee you don't need any of it it's like <laughs> batman you just say he's batman and that's they're it. so high <laughs> He, That's he a good point. Up there. <laughs> isn't this like? Isn't this a, a common thing in the Hannibal TV show as well, where people do like it, they just have impossibly bizarre? Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I've just not heard that. Not thing seen. That Overly kind of produced death scenes. Yeah, that's a yeah. But he does. He strings up like people from the lamppost. It feels like ninety times by the time you get to the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's his. That's his move now. He's become basically the serial killer of kind of people <laughs> yeah, in this town. He, yeah, <laughs> he's like he's a boogeyman, isn't he? Yeah. He is a boogeyman because he lives out in the graveyard with his scary barbecue <laughs> food, which I don't know yes. why he's eating. He's, he's, he's a, a shape, rabbit. He's like a shapeshifter, or like you know, like how a woman he's the old man with the the wig. This is a great read, actually. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is actually a great read of this film. I didn't know that this a lot of this film would be him in costumes. Yeah. Right. I was so yeah. happy. Well, that's everyone forgets so that. Terminator. He's like he's like the T1000. He can disguise himself as whoever he wants. I love how to. we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I love no, I the the old man costume. Yes, and I, I yeah. kept thinking like, if this is in like 1915 or whatever, where the hell did he find this fake beard? <laughs> that's what I wrote. <laughs> like, I love how like he goes basically from being the rickshaw guy, um, yes. and that his his costume is just a hat. And I was like, well, that's fine. He just robbed a costume, like a rickshaw. Yeah. Get more elaborate. And. <laughs> And the next sign, it cuts to him, and he's got this fake wig and fake mustache on. And, like, and they're really good, too. Like, from? they're really high quality as well. Yeah, like... So anyway, so he's in the graveyard now. He's he's hiding in the graveyard, isn't he? Yes. And, he, and he's eating rabbits or like, yes. hunting for... As you do. As you yeah. do, living in the yeah. graveyard. Like, is, and I, I mean, love how was... she's like, I-, I thought you'd be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Well, is it, I, I assumed... This is must be his master's grave, right? 
got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. think they say that, do they? I'm not sure. I don't sure. think they say it. But it's got, you might see it on the grave stuff, because there's a few wide shots where you see a grave, so maybe sure. it says it on Maybe there. it says it. But it seems my, weird that no one else would think to look there, if that's what it is. My yeah. favourite thing is how he woos this girl in this scene. Is He pretty much says, you're my second favourite person. That's how he wow. woos her. Well, yeah. my, the, the implication was that they had wooed previously yeah, but this, to the starting know, events of the film. Well, this is when they proper get it on in terms of the film, though, isn't it? And it's like, that's yeah, yeah, how yeah. He's, you're my second favorite person. It's like, but again, it's like movie smooth. star charisma. He could say anything and get the girl. <laughs> true, you know? true. It doesn't matter <laughs> what he says. Yeah, I can barely remember what he says. There. It's just it's Bruce Lee. You know? Yeah, exactly right. He's too dreamy. You just you get caught up in yeah, it. Yeah, so this is when she's telling about her dreams that, you know, you'll teach Kung Fu all day and I'll do the housework and pick up the kids this is school. A classic calm before the storm kind of scene, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Gotta, gotta have it in there. I think then, yeah, then it must be after this that the, yeah. he, he, I, I, he gets driven to more murder. Uh, he just, he turns into a murder bot after they come back murder and like the school again. So when they come in back, when the Japanese group comes back in force, and it must be around this point in the film, I just can't remember, wrecks the shrine to the master. Okay, yeah. That's that's when it's all bets are off. If yeah. you do that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's a that's beyond the beyond the pale in these films. You can't do that. Yeah, it's a slow it's, ramp up, isn't it? Yeah, until yeah. Well, there's a wicked there's a wicked bit with Bruce Lee when he finds out that the interpreter is to do with the master's death, and it's like, well, duh. And it's like, we've got this ticking clock that's like as he's figuring it out. And then it stops. He's like, oh. The cog's turning in his head. Like, hang yeah. on. I tell you who my favourite character, though, who shows up after this. And I think it's after they've, after they've tapped the dojo area. It's the Chinese Columbo guy. Oh, I like the, him. The, the administrator guy. Oh, the, the cops. Yeah, yeah, the cops, yeah with yeah. his hat. Yeah, yeah, they were really yeah. good. Yeah, that, that, that's a classic combo in, these, in this yeah. era. It's like the, the Western hat and the Chinese uh, uh, jacket. Yeah, because he's a Chi- he'll be a Chinese man working for the British, I assume. Um, I, I, it's unclear. But, yeah. Like he's just part of the Shanghai PD or whatever yeah. it is, um, and he's got his cool hat and his cool coat, and he's always like, "Well, we'll see." Just yeah. some naughty kids, I guess, and <laughs> killing each getting, other at will. And he's getting pressured by the kind of the Japanese kind of to like stop all the murders. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. actually yeah. not that unreasonable of a request. No, it isn't. I kind of thought he's literally going around murdering people. So maybe <laughs> the police have to get on this. You can't just let that happen. Like... <laughs> There's a bad subtitle in my copy. We haven't talked about this. Well, I'm um, assuming we've all got the same version, didn't we? Yeah, and it said, "Why did you dill Sifu?" With I D saw that. I saw that. So good. That is brilliant. <laughs> Shaolin Soccer had some good uh, bad subs as well, if I remember. Well, Keep... those might have been on purpose at that point. Yeah, know. God, if it, actually if those subs were on purpose, that's the most genius thing that, that... I wouldn't. It would honestly would not put yeah. that past at all. Kick the ball, kick the ball, <laughs> kick the ball. <laughs> that's it's a hallmark of the uh, very quickly to the audience. Uh, us watching the film wanted we're just going to watch it on Amazon Prime here in the UK, and it was the dubbed version. Yeah, uh, and we all said we're not having that subs so we had... or dubs. Again, particularly in this case, so we had to had to go find a subversion, and of course, there's eight million different versions of that. I have no idea which one we were watching, no. but it had all types of weird subtitles in there. And that's even though we're in 2020, somehow the experience is the same as being in 1995. I can't believe I can't just go to Amazon and watch the original language version. That there must be a good. I feel like there has to well, be a good, I mean, a properly good a, Blu-ray by now. There's a definite, definitive Blu-ray edition now. I think that you can get. Sure. But does it still have bad subs on it? It's I don't know. It's I think it's got various different subs, like original subs, new subs, dubs. It's kind of got got it all. 
That'd but it nice. was it was crazy that even now that it's I mean Bruce Lee released four films and even now it's hard to find them in original language. Yeah, yeah. and it's not like they're unknown or anything. It's no, massively popular. Some of the most watched films ever. Yeah. Yeah. Very silly. Moving on. Moving on. The Dill, the Dill line was worth it though. We got um, like is the, is the is the joy of the having the bad subtitles like is it worth losing that for yeah. a more for a better experience? I don't know. It it definitely felt real to just have the nice bad subtitles in it. And the sounds yeah. a little off though, because it's dubbed as well, even though it's the original language. Yeah, that, well, yeah. that's that. That would yeah. be true, regardless. But yeah, that's the same have... with a lot of the uh, the spaghetti westerns were all like that, mm. weren't they? All which I, I, yeah, the Italian and Chinese industries at the time didn't use sync sound because it was no. just too complicated, so they dubbed everything. I wanted to actually bring up the fact that the Sergio Leone reference was dead clear to me this time watching this. Okay, go on. Actually. Uh, the 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 action the way the action works in this film and the subsequent Bruce Lee movies reminded me so much of Sergio Leone more than I had noticed previously. I didn't think uh, about that at all. So. Well, it's the 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 big difference between his contemporaries as far as the action goes is that it wasn't about long drawn out punch this guy punches then counter punch then block yeah, then this it wasn't and about it's, back and it, forth yeah it's, yeah, it's it more it's more like a western shootout attack, or a samurai duel repurpose that repose themselves and attack yeah it's like one attack and done yeah uh, and that was it and that reminded it's, me of westerns and stuff like I that she that, loved i know cool. that we know that bruce lee loved the westerns yeah, and stuff he, he did, wanted yeah, to yeah, totally. make well that, he came so. up with kung fu didn't he the original yeah exactly right so when you think about that for a second then you think about the rhythm of his action scenes as compared to the more elaborate Shaw Brothers scenes or later Jackie Chan and stuff like that. It's more like they have guns and they're just yeah. shooting each other once and then putting them back. I'd say yeah, that's most like evident that. in the fight with the Russian guy, definitely. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. Yeah, well, the Russian guy gets introduced in the plot now as well because this is he the does. stripping scene for the, um, <laughs> yeah. the, the Japanese. Ah, it's amazing. Like, and uh, the Russian's there for the first time and who's a very odd-looking man, to be honest. He's one of Bruce Lee's uh, real-life students. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because in the first film, in The Big Boss, they couldn't get anyone who was good enough. So Bruce said, uh, he said I'll just bring in my own people because this is stupid. Sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you got the Chinese guys there as well, the kind of bureaucrat, and he's they're taking the absolute piss out of him and yeah. they're treating him with absolute no respect. And he just kind of plays up to it. I that was, was this the telephone, of... the telephone bit? Uh, it's, um, is it tele- no, they, he no, did... not yet. It's the rickshaw bit where he goes, like oh, okay. the, the bureaucrat well, leaves. They make him walk the out like a dog. Yeah. And then he leaves. And then. And then it goes from night to day to night. I'm oh, sorry. Sure. This is the weird Japanese scene that's, uh, that Bruce Lee's not in. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah, outside, sorry. isn't he? Yeah, he goes onto the rickshaw and he fr- chucks him around with the rickshaw. <laughs> like, the way it he actually picks that it. up. Like, we're amazing. all over the map. I feel like we're not explaining the narrative very clearly here. Probably not. <laughs> well, it's like you said, what, did, what did you say earlier? There is no plot, really. It's just a revenge. No, film. basically, there's no plot. For the people listening at home, all three of them, there's uh it just basically hey. goes back and forth between the two schools the japanese come over and break some stuff bruce lee goes over and in, disgu- them, in disguise usually to find yeah. some information which he doesn't really need to do he can just walk in and kill everybody no, at any point he doesn't. <laughs> it makes for some fun bits yeah. uh and it just does that over and over again until bruce lee decides you know what i'm just gonna walk in and kill everybody <laughs> Yeah, so the last few bits of the film, because we might as well skip through them, because he kills the rickshaw guy, they come back, he goes back as an old man, then they go back and they're, they're yelling at the authorities to capture him and kill him, and then he goes back as a telephone mechanic. He reminds me amazing. of the cable guy when he's up in the top. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's and got I, his glasses I thought, on. I love, I love this scene, honestly, and I always have. I love his physicality when yeah. he, like, 
makes himself smaller and pathetic. Yeah, to yeah, be he this, puts, like, this nerd. And, and uh, he puts the glasses on, and I thought to myself, is this like a deliberate Superman Clark Kent reference? I was thinking the Could same be. thing, yeah. I, was I think it probably is, thing. honestly. He would have been very knowledgeable of that. Like, would those glasses have come from the interpreter or something? Oh, yeah, probably, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Didn't occur to me. Um, oh, here's the here's the thing. Uh, they they say it here at this point in the film. They're talking about the international settlement area of Shanghai. Okay. It's in the dialogue somewhere, and okay. I wrote it down because I was confused about the plot, uh, the time period, right? Uh, like we talked about, and I and I get the impression that it's almost like Berlin after World War II, where it's like this half is this part's Britain, and this part's Japanese controlling this part, and this part's China's controlling this bit, that kind of thing. Right. Okay, that makes sense. I'm that not hundred percent sure. But yeah, that was the impression I got. I have to say that the phone scene's a bit funny, but um, what I was really impressed by was the fact that it's actually really important to enjoy the rest of the film because it gives you all the kind of like um, geography that you need to not worry yeah, about then going them. forward. It shows That's a good you, point. It shows you all the rooms they're going to be in. It shows you where they'll be able to fight from. And it shows you the bosses like a computer game because it shows it does, you that yeah. they're going to have to go through this big Russian guy. They're going to have the, these are what the kind of mobs look like. They're dressed like this and they're going to have to go through him and and then in this back corner is where the mob the, the mob boss is and he has to get through all this to get there. And because they take you through with him with the telephone and stuff like that, when it comes back, when he goes away and comes back again, you know all that. You know exactly where he's going yeah. and you know exactly who he's fighting as well, which I thought really was just really cool. I like that scene though with the guys like bending the uh, the metal yeah, point. it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I think I got the, the impression. I think the nails were real. Yeah, and I, I think so. I'm too. pretty sure the bars were obviously the bars were steel bars were fake. Yeah, the must. But be. I watched it. I watched it, you know, pretty closely, and it felt like the nails through the board was a real gag. Well, right. but the way they film it though, it's like it's side on, so it could have had a piece of foam inside that. Oh, maybe wood. I don't know. Mm. It, it and then it cuts to a piece know. of wood with it in, and it looks like a bigger piece of wood. But I don't. I can imagine it being a kind of one of those martial arts like stage things to to punch nails in with your hands i've definitely seen people do that for real i can't imagine you do it for a film though where you might have to do several takes and then by that point your hand would probably be caning effort i reckon it was a practical effect either way who cares either way he probably (laughs) as 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 bruce lee says as bruce lee says in enter the dragon boards don't hit back (laughs) (laughs) he's like one of those motherfuckers that can rip phone books with (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Phone books don't hit back either. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, at this point, it, it occurred to me that the the exteriors of the two schools, I think, are the same set. Oh, uh, are they? Probably. It, they, with the yeah. lamppost that he keeps hanging people on, looks really similar to the lamppost outside of the Japanese school. That's just switches true. the just yeah. switches the lamppost to another side or something. I think they just switched what the like the gate itself looked like. Right. To the school, but the street looked pretty much the pretty same. same. I don't know. I mean, it would have to be, frankly. Yeah. Really. And then, basically, you know, towards the end, he goes away in his mechanics costume. He hears them talking about Chen as well. Um, he hears them talking about him as well, conveniently. And he goes away and comes back dressed as Bruce Lee to kill yep. everybody. Basically. Just kill them all, baby. <laughs> yeah, like, kill um, them all. Some amazing fight scenes. The one-on-one with the Russian guy is really great. Yes. Yeah, absolutely yeah. great. I love. I just love how like even the first bit, um, when he first gets in that first room and there's kind of like five students there, like and because they've all they've all left to beat up the kind of the other school again. Right. So it's it's more empty. Not beat them up to kill them. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, is, now it's a joint murder operation. Yeah. <laughs> it's all hell's breaking loose. 
And the fight scene here was so much more violent than the earlier one. Even though yes. the earlier one was violent, but this one was so like, just like there's no messing around. There was no toying with them. Like he was literally one two punch. That was it. That's all he needed to do to take him down. And it felt like it ramped up to this stage. The fighting itself, not just like everything else. And it's just I don't know, great choreography, I guess, is what I'm saying. But yeah, definitely. Like... The the I love how he says like he gives them the option. You can go or I can kill you. Oh yeah, he does call. it several times, yeah. doesn't he? And then they just yeah. he's like, Well fuck you then. Like I loved him just crushing the guy in the floor with his foot. Like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> great stuff. And then even no, the I... master comes back now and he's even more violent. He's got this sword out and he's yeah. actually kind of a threat now. Um, the way that yeah, Bruce Lee makes him pale himself is amazing. That scene, that, yeah, it's an incredible bit. The, uh, unfortunately, like the only knock, not the only knock, but one of the things you could say against this film is that nobody is an opponent to Bruce Lee at all until the yeah. last two guys. Yeah. And the last two guys are, you know, at least a little bit. You know well, what I mean? Uh, that's what I liked about the Russian guy because you know his stick. You've seen him be able to bend the iron and see him be able to right. push the nails in, and you know that he, Bruce Lee can't let himself get kind of captured by him. Like right. so, Bruce Lee has to rely on his speed. He can't let himself right. get his arm grabbed because that would be bad. Because this guy's fucking big and strong. And yeah, they, and they have that wicked bit of the superimposed Bruce Lee's yeah. with the hands. With I his love hands that. moving everywhere. Yeah, yeah I've always loved that bit. kind of effect where you kind of double up the image, you know, like or you know, kind of do the the trails. I love that. Yeah, this is a great use of, of it in this bit. But I wonder, like, in more modern films, if they were to do... Well, obviously, they still make films like this. Would they kind of have, like, the Bruce Lee character lose at least once or something, just to give it some sort of... The character some sort of growth or... Do you know what I mean? Or, or prove that the guy who's going to fight later on in the film is a bit of a challenge or... Yeah, so Bruce Lee movies, he's essentially invincible. Yeah. Uh, in all of his films, I don't think he ever really gets beat, but... Um, yeah, after him, you usually have the protagonist get beat by somebody. The, the the Jackie Chan model early on, his early films were always like, he'd be a doofus kid, someone would kick his ass horribly, yeah. he'd go train. Uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin is the same thing. You get beat early on, you go train, you come back and you kill everybody. That was like the, the basic plot structure when Bruce Lee's not on screen. Yeah. But when yeah. it's Bruce, get out of here. That's <laughs> not happening. Well, you kind Bruce of let, kinda... it, let it slide. You kind of don't want Bruce Lee to lose, though, do you? You just want him to just... You feel if his career... Like, if he got to continue, he would probably have to expand that persona a bit. Yeah. But because it's only the four films, and he's just so electrifying in them, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. At the moment, they're just making Bruce Lee films, and Bruce Lee films look like this, you know? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there was, there was no reason to have... He, his character didn't need to grow. He was born perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and when he kind of got... He's might there's the threat that he will lose because of like the authorities chasing him. Yes, well, well, more. actually, we just said all that. He does lose at the end. Yeah, well, well yeah, yeah, he gets. Sh- he we'll does. Get there. <laughs> we just invalidated all of the things we yeah. just said completely. He was owned <laughs> by guns in the end. Guns <laughs> cannot beat kung fu. Is one of my favorite lines in I think Once Upon a Time in China. Is that in one, one of those? It's one of those uh, Jet Li '90s movies that are is a period piece set around the same time yeah. period. Uh, in a similar yeah. kind of British Empire or somebody else, I can't remember who. And uh, one of Jet Li's friends gets shot and he goes, Kung Fu, can't fight bullets or whatever, and dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great bit. Well, we'll, we'll say, because he fights the, the brute, he kind of fights the boss at this point and yes. it's brilliant. It's so brutal. You know, the, the yeah. sword, the wood he grabs off the, the ceiling, the flying kicks and stuff like that and the blood as well, really. Um, yeah, classic. 
it's uh that flying kick he does right as his throat that lunges him all the way through the air oh. into the courtyard and it, and this is where jackie chan shows up everybody uh the stunt where the boss gets flung through the wall that's jackie chan no oh. way no yes way. i didn't know 100 percent. now that is confirmed by multiple parties i uh was a big enough jackie chan fan that i read his book his autobiography yeah uh and he talks about that scene from his point of view uh this was one of his big breakthroughs as a stunt performer sure. obviously yeah uh, although he'd been in other stuff prior um it was a stunt that like he claims nobody else wanted to do it because it was such a long thing but he's probably gassing himself up but whatever it's jackie yeah, chan, yeah, it's jackie chan. Um, so he does the thing the wires pull him way the hell out there he bashes his head on the ground in classic jackie chan style <laughs> bruce lee runs out to double check he's okay because it was such a big thing jackie chan comes to him, he's like oh uh was did we get the shot and bruce is like yeah you did you did good well done you know you it's a little bit like uh who is it beethoven meeting mozart or the other way around sure. right sure uh being like this kid's gonna be good uh kind of thing uh, I think Ian Biao might be in there. One of the other Lucky Stars, Jackie Chan's co-stars, I think was also in there as a stunt performer. Right. Uh, but I'm not sure which bit. Um, but I'm positive Jackie was. He, him and Samuel Hung also turn up and enter the dragon as henchmen mm. shortly. Yeah. Right. I can't believe he, he does that stunt to the end. That's pretty, It's amazing, isn't it? Because it's such yeah. a great stunt and yeah, it's such yeah. a great little linkage between their two careers. And, and they would the always, guy... like, if you ever have a montage of Bruce Lee, it'll be him doing that kick to the master's throat will be in, this, right. in that montage. Right, for sure. So. How did he kill the Russian guy again? I've forgotten now. Was it a testicle punch? Was it testicle? throat? No, throat, 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 throat. There was a guy who definitely got kicked in the dick or punched in the dick several times. That's the thing Bruce Lee does all the time. I don't know why. The one inch dick punch. <laughs> it is indeed. No, uh, the Russian dude, after he does the superimposed hands shot, which is just such an amazing shot, mm. uh, I want to reiterate. Uh, he confuses him with his awesome speed and punches yeah. him a couple times, and then he gets the Russian guy falls to his knees and he pulls his head back and just shot like punches oh, his throat it. so hard. It, yeah, yeah, that's I, it. Yeah, brutal stuff. I like the kick he does to his face, and he completely cuts his face. It's top of yeah. his scalp. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, that fight I, I, is is essentially a, like a precursor to a similar one against Chuck Norris in Way of the Dragon. Yeah, sure. it's a pretty similar scene, but he gets to like kind of up his own game and do it again and direct it himself that time. Um, so if you're interested, also a good scene, similar stuff. So does Chuck Norris play the bad white guy in that one then? Or Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember why at all. The The plot in that one, to be frank, is even sillier than this one. Um, and even less, the, 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 I say this one's silly. The plot in this, you know, it does have some stakes. It's simple, but the emotion is real and you kind of are sympathetic yeah. uh, to the characters. Yeah. Whereas I actually do not remember why everyone's fighting in Way of the Dragon at all. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. It's been a while. I'm trying to run my. I've never seen it. But I'm trying to work out if I know it at the top of my head. I don't. I know Big no, Boss. No, he, he works at a restaurant but... in Way of the Dragon. He works in a restaurant, and like I think in Italy, and I think the mob is trying to get protection money. Oh, is that the one? In and I, okay. I think it just spirals out of control from there. But it spirals way out of control. So I feel like there's got to be more to there it. Must be something that. else. <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember what though. I like but it. Anyway, he kills the mob boss in this. The kind of you see that kind of vengeance lift from him, like almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's like, that. You've, there's that euphoric moment, isn't it? Yeah. He's like, oh, and he's no okay. longer like just just out to kill everyone. He's like he's he's out of peace. Is it? You know. He's he's done. He's avenged but his master. He's made a crucial error at that point. Yes. Yeah, which I think is pretty important to Bruce Lee's like outlook and yeah, how I he can... differed from uh, people like Lo Wei. Uh, apparently, he wanted 
there to be consequences. You know, he wanted his this character. This movie's pretty dark. Yeah, it's a lot darker than his other films, and you get the impression that uh, Bruce Lee wanted. You know, he he didn't he doesn't think it's okay to run around murdering people no matter what. I don't think, um, and and he's not here to say, but um, you you get the impression that like he gets martyred at the end. Yeah, and he even the character even says it. I'm going to pay for what I did. Yes, L- yeah. like he should. You know, yeah. he's a man which of wasn't honor. a common. Yeah. Yeah, and which yeah. wasn't frankly that common at the time. There's a few other films that do it, but usually a film like this ends at the moment you guys just said. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you can imagine the film just ending at that point. He's won, everything's fine. Like Right. And, and the movie would already be fine. really good. The movie yeah. would have been fine. I would never have thought I've never had gone, where's the ending? Like And the consequence to me, that last I mean, the last shot is iconic. Yeah. Is absolute <laughs> fire. Uh, it's such a great still frame. And I wrote down, when did Butch Cassidy come out? Because <laughs> oh, I'm pretty Cassidy. sure it was after this. God, is it after or is it before? That's a I'm pretty sure Butch Cassidy's later. Uh, 1969. 69, yeah, before. No, okay, so Bruce Lee's ripping off Butch Cassidy hardcore. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell he's a fan of cinema. Like, do you know what I mean? Just of all cinema. and For sure. Would kind of want to put that into his films. But yeah, like, he was. He had a lot of influences. Because I quite like the kind of the reckoning of the Shire of this kind of bit of the film, because you get the kind of elements play out of the the uh, cop as well, like who. Yeah, definitely. He's like, look, I'm I'm Chinese as well. I'm an honourable man, so I'm, I, I give you my word. This is how it will go. Like, and and you get that kind of the, it's the Chinese are kind of standing up for each other at this point against the kind of the foreign elements, even though like, um, they're the kind of foreign elements are ordering it to happen. It's quite yeah. Um, it's a really complex. It's a complex note to end on, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so the I, ending, he, when he jumps at them to kick them, the bullets. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I interpreted it. <laughs> but like that's him martyring himself, right? I, I yes, I yeah. Out. He's he's one hundred percent dead. Yeah. So what are all the sequels to this film? I have no idea. That's a good okay. point. Actually, <laughs> I mean, there's so many sequels to this film. I, I mean, I don't theory. think. I think. They're not sequels in the direct sense of the story continuing. Okay. Most of the time, I think they're kind of standalone or similar or what. I don't know. Who cares? Because uh, the next one is New Fist of Fury, which is Jackie Chan. So that yeah. probably is a new character then. That was and my impression, was, but legitimately, yeah. I don't remember. And then there's Fist of Fury 2, Fist of Fury 3, and then Fist of Legend. And like, well, so. Fist of Legend's a remake. It, oh, that's true. Yeah. And is amazing frankly um that's the jet lee one yeah so it's that's that's a great that's a great great film here's here's the Uh, plot to fist of fury 2 with bruce lie or whatever okay yeah uh so uh he goes to shanghai to mourn his brother's death who was killed at the hands of the japanese (laughs) chen shan then avenges his brothers by killing the japanese (laughs) okay all right so it's chen zen's chen zen's brother it's basically the same plot (laughs) (laughs) okay uh yeah there's one line I th- maybe it was it the copper who was it who says our inaction was a mistake yes that is so yeah that's so which Chinese felt critical. really powerful yeah 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 totally like that's yeah. absolutely the the criticism of like what china was in this time period is like the chinese being in action against kind of the foreign powers like right. the stuff like opium addiction and stuff that come through the british empire and stuff that they're, they're blaming themselves for their inaction and not fighting against it so it would have been right. a bit of a rally call for the kind of revolution stuff that would come that's out definitely the vibe it was going or that's what yeah, it feels like anyway definitely i thought that was really significant as well as a line um which i think they might repeat a couple of times as well actually just at the end 
but yeah. I can't remember, but the, the one really stuck out for me. My last note is, uh, quote, last image is 100% fire. That's the last thing I wrote. <laughs> it doesn't really get, honestly, it doesn't get much better. My last note was, he's a hero and will kick, kick guns in the face. <laughs> so I'm looking at the plot of the Jackie Chan new Fist of Fury. Yeah. And it looks like it's almost a prequel, maybe? I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, these meant to uh, be... Donnie, Donnie Yen did a Legend of Chen Zen movie, which was awful. God. Uh, in which he plays the same character fighting other people. I don't remember if it was a remake or what. Um, I don't know. Uh, but the Jet Li one's wicked. It's the exact same movie, um, told a little bit, with a little bit more nuance. The direction's a little bit better, a little bit less rough around the edges. The characters play differently because it's Jet Li and not Bruce Lee. Mm. Uh, some of the action scenes are as we talked about like the other characters are good like yes. Jet Li is so it's not, not quite as one-sided not quite as one-sided and, and different kind of choreography uh, would recommend that one as well I, uh, I think I'll check it out actually I think I will check it oh, out oh you've never seen that no I haven't. I haven't oh it's absolutely amazing Yeah, it's it's honestly probably as good as this film right yeah in its own way okay so if you're both on Letterbox, we're going to give it out for five is it five five on Letterbox? sorry Letterboxd is five. Uh, I gave it four and a half last time I saw it and four and a half again this time. Yeah, four and a half, to be honest. I'll go with that. Yeah, same as is. I don't know why. If it, if it wasn't for Bruce Lee, it'd be three, but... Sure. It's all, it's it just shows how how one person can completely, like, elevate a film. I mean, right. you're watching this Mediocre for Bruce Lee. Too. That's why yeah, you're watching exactly. it. Like, and 100%. It delivers that. It's what you've what, turned it on for and it delivers it in spades. And then uh, sadly he made he went on to make what so after this he made um, Who, Bruce Lee yeah so Way of the Dragon so yeah so <laughs> I was looking at uh, the speed at which people made movies in sure. this industry at this time so like we said he made The Big Boss in seventy one in seventy two he made this and Way of the Dragon in the yeah. same year which is ridiculous insane uh, yeah. and then made Enter the Dragon uh, and started making Game of Death in seventy three yeah uh, which That's, are also yeah. both amazing. Uh, and died right before another dragon came out. Yeah, and then so Game of Death is he's only made he only made like forty minutes of it or thirty minutes of it or something. Yeah, uh, really? just the ending. It's got yeah. He made he made he, a lot. He, he he wrote and directed and shot um, the last like thirty or forty minutes of the film, but hadn't even written the first part yet. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that film play out then? What have they done to that then? Or is it well, just... I think that I haven't seen them. Brandon, I might speak to it, but the seventy-eight ones are meant to be quite bad but they, then they recut yeah, it in the kind of 2000s or something or the 90s and it's going to be much more i, much I can't trouble. remember the whole history but yeah somebody repurposed the footage with a stand-in playing the other scene like they hang on they this sounds the, strangely familiar with the <laughs> the lee family uh sort of um but it you know yeah a little bit i guess Oh, um, but yeah, Bruce saying. Lee had Bruce Lee had shot that that footage, which is amazing, amazing footage. Which we'll get to how you can see it later. But uh, no one knew what to do with it. In '78, somebody had the terrible idea of uh, using the footage that was already shot and then like writing the first half, like the setup for the ending. Uh, so the first like 30 or 40 minutes with a stand-in actor who you can only see like in the dark and from behind, and all it's just awful, like cheap cheap garbage, and it doesn't work at all. And then somebody had the bright idea, I think in the 90s, to like remaster what Bruce Lee had done without any setup and just releasing it like on the DVD. It might have been on the DVD box that I had, honestly. Okay. Um, where you could just watch it as it was, you know, just yeah. as Bruce Lee shot and edited it. So you don't get any setup. You don't know what the story was. 
you're just watching it to see what what he was up to you know cool and, and it's, incre- it's honestly incredible. It's totally, totally awesome. That's him going through the pagoda to get to the top floor, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then what's Game of Death too? So that like uses footage from earlier films, then or something? I well, don't. I have no idea. About. No, Game of Death two. Yeah, I assume that's one. just more Bruce Ploitation. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So the the industry after he died because he was such a huge star. For reasons as we've said you can't really put your finger on the whole hong kong industry didn't know what to do with themselves for like five or six years and kept trying to repeat what he was rather than let other people be themselves true, yeah yeah and then once they figured that out they were fine <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah. thanks for that like i think we'll finish there to be honest like um i think we I don't know if there's any final thoughts from anyone i guess like i feel should... like we've covered it pretty thoroughly yeah. Yeah. Should... it was good it's, it's good great. times it, yeah how do you guys usually wrap this up? Uh, we say goodbye and that's it. That's it. You don't have like a concluding segment. You don't have prizes. You don't have to like talk <laughs> well, about mattress- mattresses and kettles and nope. delivery food None services and shit. None of that. No. Stamps. Do you and have we, anything do have you to, want do to get to sell stamps? Do you have anything you want to promote or me? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. It's the uh, it's the COVID pandemic. I'm editing some stuff, but uh, with, with Oliver here. Um, but otherwise, nothing doing. Yeah, we're uh, currently in post production of a. We don't know if it's yet going to be a short documentary or a feature length. We're still deciding that. But um, it's about our friends band Blackfish. But it's looking quite good. Like Brandon's done a lot of the editing so far, and it looks really good. Great. Looks well, that, good. That's job. a plug. Look out for that. Yeah. Like, that's a plug. Hey, look out for that in the year 2052. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, next week we're back with 1973, and we're doing Badlands. Oh uh, wow! Terence Malick. Have we're, you guys not seen that? Shush! I, I knew that was coming. You've seen it. I um, I've seen uh, Days of Heaven. Okay. Um, but I haven't seen Badlands. So oh, Badlands is brilliant. You're going to love this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And actually, the week after that, we'll see you again, Brandon, because you're back again. Like, oh, is it, is it two weeks for Pelham? Yeah, two yep. weeks for Pelham. Well, I can't wait for that. Well, again, thank you very much for coming on, Brandon. And thank you to everyone who's listened. Uh, don't forget, you can always add us on Twitter. We are at Adjust Your Track. That's uh, a YR, not a your. We're also on Apple Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe. That'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, don't forget, if the picture's bad, always adjust your tracking. <laughs> <laughs>